Coming up on this episode of DL Weekly, a new party is coming for Christmas, where to find new villains at Oogie Boogie Bash, a fun detail in Cars Land. Two food sculptures for Halloween, how the crowds have been, we talked to Emmy about infants and toddlers in the park, and more. DL Weekly starts now. Howdy, partners! For your safety, remain seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast. And be sure to watch your ears. If any of you folks are wearing hats or glasses, best remove them, because Tag and Teresa have the wildest ride in the wilderness! Hello and welcome to this episode of DL Weekly for the week of September 15th, 2021. I'm Tag Bushman. And I'm Teresa Urban. We would like to send a shout out and a big thank you to Jason G, Kat J, and Andrea M for becoming official weekly tiers and supporting the show. Also, another shout out to both Connie and Michelle M for your increasing your support. This support helps to make DL Weekly possible. The weekly tiers in our supporter Discord chat are truly amazing. There's always a lively discussion about Disney happening with tricks, tips, direct access to us daily, and more. If you would like to become a weekly tier yourself and have more magic in your day, head on over to dlweekly.net slash support to sign up. And if you guys want to become uh, supporters and get in the chat, this next month is going to be the month because there is a ton of cool Halloween events going on all month long in the chat. We got movie nights. We have trivia stuff. Bounding weeks. Bounding weeks. It's they really added a lot of stuff this for this upcoming month. The, yeah, so. Halloween is definitely a favorite time of year for a, a lot of weekly tiers. So there is a ton of fun going on. And um, we also do a lot of extra fun stuff during like the holiday times, too. In November, yep. we have a like a meetup that's kind of like a virtual Friendsgiving for the weekly tiers. Mm-hmm. We also then have an ornament exchange that we do in December as well. It's just a ton of fun. So great time of the year to join if you've been on the fence and thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. The the ornament exchange is super cool. Um, I really enjoyed that last yes. time. So as you guys probably know, we've been talking about the fact that we were going to be in Disneyland uh, not this weekend, oh but gosh, the next so weekend. Soon. It's coming up so quick. So we do have, of course, another DL Weekly meetup. We've decided on a location finally. So we will be meeting at the Tongaroa Terrace on Sunday, September 26th at noon Pacific time. We'll be at the Tongaroa Terrace until about 1.30, 1.45 um, because we are going to try and get in line because we do have tickets for the Oogie Boogie Bash. So we're going to try and get in line at 2 to get into DCA for Oogie Boogie Bash because we have dining reservations right in the beginning. So we're going to try and make our way over there. But if you're not able to join us in person before our like in-person meetup, we do also have a public live stream scheduled um, for the 26th as well. The public live stream will start at 11 a.m. Pacific. And of course, we will have the YouTube link posted um, in Patreon, on our social media. We'll, we'll get it posted out yeah. there so you can join us virtually while we're hanging out in um, downtown Disney. And this one morning. will only be 45 minutes. We usually do an hour. Yes. But this this time, because we're there, 45 minutes. And we won't forget this time, because we... We forgot last no, time we were we in the definitely, park. No, we definitely. Well, we did the pub. We forgot the. We forgot the hangout. Yeah. We didn't forget the public live stream, but we will. We got ourselves all confused with times, so yeah. that was our fault. But eleven a.m. Pacific for the public YouTube stream from Downtown Disney. Twelve for our Tongaro Terrace meetup. Yeah, who knew that there was such things as time zones? <laughs> Go figure. Now let's get to the news. We'll 
Walt Disney World has offered after-hours Christmas parties for a few years now, and this year, Disneyland is getting in on the game. Disney's Merriest Nights at Disneyland Park is a new separate ticketed event taking place over five nights through November and early December. Ticket prices start at $165 per person. The event includes different fun things like access to six different Christmas parties put on by Minnie Mouse and friends, snow moments on Main Street, an appearance from Santa Claus, of course, admission to Disneyland starting at 5 p.m., a Christmas fantasy parade will be back, attractions, excluding those in Toontown, Critter Country, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be available for guests to enjoy, photo ops, characters, treats, and, of course, merchandise. For complete details and to get tickets, visit the link in the show notes. So I have... Um, so I think this is cool. I th- I think that it was interesting to me that they waited so long, like it's been years, yeah. to wait to have a Christmas party. Uh, so it's interesting that they kind of like popped this one up this year, I guess. I was a little uh, surprised. I was like, oh, finally. Uh, I think that the, for me, um, th- what I will say is it sounds like there's a lot of cute little things here. Mm-hmm. I For me, I don't think it's worth the extra, like the, because Oogie Boogie Bash wasn't this expensive. Right. And I yeah. feel like Oogie Boogie Bash has a lot more than what they're offering here. Um, the other thing, too, is, um, well, I mean, maybe they're charging more because there's like less dates, uh, because the only dates that they're having this, at least right now, unless they add more in the future, is November 11th, 16th, 30th, December 7th, and December 9th. So that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, one of the things that's super nice about Oogie Boogie Bash is you get access to like web slingers and stuff, right? Yeah. So for Oogie Boogie Bash, web slingers will be stand, will have a standby yeah. queue. You don't have to worry about having a boarding group. But Disneyland with the Christmas party, Galaxy's Edge yeah, isn't even open. It's, it's interesting to me that different areas of the park won't be open and available. I don't know if that's, you know, what what the reasoning is behind that. I will say I do again, I don't think this is something for me. Does it I'm curious also if I just get a little kind of ooey cuz it's ex, it's expensive, right? Like think about if you're just there for the week with your day tickets and you're now having to not be in Disneyland for this extra time and if you want to be in Disneyland for this extra time you have to buy a separate ticket you know mm-hmm. that gets really that gets expensive really fast i do think the little mini christmas parties sound kind of interesting so i'm curious to see a little bit more about that um but it makes me i i just wonder with the christmas parade I've never seen it. I don't really have a huge desire to see it. Um, But I just hope that this parade doesn't become something that you only are able to see during the the Christmas. Yeah. Like how the fright, exactly. Like how the frightfully fun parade is, how you can only see the frightfully fun parade if you go to Oogie Boogie Bash. I feel like we do have a good balance with Halloween time because, yes, the frightfully fun parade is a separate ticketed only event to be able to experience that however we also have the really awesome halloween fireworks show in disneyland that used to be the special like you had to have the halloween party ticket to see that amazing fireworks show which is halloween scream so i feel like since they balance the two things you can still see a very fun nighttime thing with a ticket and you can see, you know, with an event ticket and you can also experience one without an event ticket. I yeah. think that's a nice balance. So I'm hoping that they will do something like that with the Christmas parade. I hope that they don't kind of put these extra holiday magical things behind the like ticketed wall. Sure. If that makes sense. So 
I'm interested about this. The other hard thing I think with this is since it is so close to the Oogie Boogie Bash, even for locals, I think it'd be hard to justify spending and buying tickets to both of these events so close together, especially since they are much higher in price. So it it'll be interesting. The tickets did go on sale today for this event. Um, the virtual queue and getting them online was not nearly as nuts as it was for Oogie Boogie Bash or even for, of course, the Magic Keys, because that was kind of insanity. Um, we did have a couple weekly tiers that are excited about going to this that were able to go through and get their tickets in as little as 20 minutes. Um, some people it took about two hours, which sounds kind of crazy. But if you've ever waited in any of the virtual queues, two hours is not not terrible, unfortunately. So I don't know. I'm just really curious to see to see how it all pans out. So immediate real-time follow-up, I clicked on the link, and it is 8.34 Central Time, which is 6.34 Pacific as we record this. And I got right in, it said less than a minute wait time, and then it says it's your turn, but it hasn't refreshed into the ticket buying experience, but nobody's waiting any longer. I'm trying to see how many, like, has anything sold out. So let's select a date here, and let's see if anything is sold out. So what dates? The 3rd, 11th, 16th. The 9th is sold out. Wow, they do have one that's sold out already. Yep, so the 9th is sold out. Uh, There still appears to be tickets for the 11th, the 16th, the 30th of November, and the 7th of December. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, first day, this might change by the time this gets edited and uploaded and all that stuff. But um, we did have some people also in the chat saying that one of the downsides to these parties is there was only... It's only weeknights. Yeah, yes. It was only weeknights. It's only available on the weeknights. So the fact that it starts kind of later Mm -hmm. and people have to work the next day and stuff like that, it makes it really challenging to... Um, be able to go and do this. My thought is it's a very busy time for them. Uh, and so they had to kind of do it during the weekdays to not Probably, yeah. screw up everything else. So. Probably. I will say I was really excited. Uh, the Disney Parks blog, of course, had a really nice write-up kind of talking about what is all happening with this holiday time event. Um, but, of course, Mickey Mouse will be the host of the party. Um, but on Main Street USA... Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, and their friends are going to be joining in on the fun, and they will be traveling in a special coach with Christmas Carol sing-alongs, Muppet antics, of course, and some chickens. But then over in New Orleans Square, Princess Tiana plans to ring in Noelle with guests in her Blue Bayou-inspired celebration. Frontierland, you can go see Miguel, and he will be wishing everyone Feliz Navidad while you kick up your heels in like a dance-filled fiesta over there. There will be a frozen theme party in in Fantasyland hosted by Elsa. There's going to be a tropical party with Lilo and Stitch in Adventureland. And if you head on to Tomorrowland, Buzz Lightyear is throwing a Christmas party, which I'm really curious to see what a Buzz Lightyear holiday party includes. Yeah. Uh, the the little parties, I think, could be interesting. They haven't really given a ton of details with that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it doesn't seem... It, it seems like if you go on a non-party night, you might still get to see the, the parade. So... Uh, who knows? It, like it's confusing to me that they put that as like one of the things that are part of this because you could get that some other time. Uh, but uh, we'll have to see. It's uh, it's something new. My hope is that uh, is that next year they will take feedback from everybody and be able to uh, you know expand upon it and make it a better a better yes. uh, system. We'll see. I'm interested to see what people think of it. I'm interested to see um, like other, you know, vloggers and how people report on things and see how it turns out. Well, for those listeners going to the Oogie Boogie Bash and looking forward to the new villains, 
I spent a lot of time today watching YouTube videos of these villains. So the first video I saw, we'll get into it. Um, We have locations for them. So Agatha Harkness from WandaVision has set up in the Ancient Sanctum in Avengers Campus. Sid from Toy Story has set up a sideshow circus called the Sid Show Circus on Pixar Pier in the stage area formerly used by the Pixar, it was the PhilharMagic. Yep. And then uh, rounding out the new villains is Cruella DeVille, who is putting on a fashion show in the Hollywood backlot. Now, the exciting thing is these three villains are in addition to the villains yeah. that were there for the 2019 Oogie Boogie Bash. So we still have Oogie Boogie himself. He's mm-hmm. in the Animation Academy. We also he looks ha- cool. He's very cool. We also have the Mad Hatter, which is he's over kind of by the Hyperion Theater. Um Dr. Facilier is still there. He was in the Stage 17 building. However, he's been moved. He's over kind of by the entrance to Avengers Campus across from like the Wine Country Trattoria, across from like the waterfall area. And then over behind um, Soren. Like back behind where the where the plane is 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 where Maleficent is. And then a little bit further back kind of behind the Grizzly River run is where the evil queen from Snow White also is. So I was really excited that I thought they were switching out villains. Oh, sure. I, so I thought they were still going to have, say, we'll, we'll just throw out a number. We'll say five. They're sure. going to have five interactive tree trails. And so they just swapped three of the ones that were there. And these were the three new villains. So I was really excited that these were in addition to it, which makes me a little nervous for our time management because all we did like last moving year... People through pretty quick all we did last year though was the immersive treat trails and we did of course the frightfully fun parade and we did villainous world of color we did not do any attractions and still like we still barely seem to get through all of that Mm. oh and and of course villains grove um so still like it took it took because you're walking all over the place and doing all that stuff. So it so I'm I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous because I want to see and experience them all. So I saw on somebody's video today that the the big tip was when the first flight frightfully fun parade happens, go to Villains Grove. That's I've seen that tip a couple of places. So I'm a little nervous that maybe that's not going to be a good tip by the time we. I get mean, there. we'll just have to keep watching. <laughs> um, but one of the characters that I was not excited about and the first video I saw, I didn't yes. understand. But the second video I saw was better, was Sid. Me too. I had the same thought process because when they first announced it, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> like, well, and I saw the first, like the preview night with cast members mm-hmm. and I just saw like a small little clip and I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. But... I saw like a more extended clip on this YouTube. So I watched Ordinary Adventures had like their whole thing and they did a really nice job because they have things like marked in their yeah. chapters so you can go bounce around. And I loved, I don't, what's the lady's name in those? Because mm. she's amazing. It's I really like, like her. I really like her. So they went and they, one of the things that was in their video that I thought was amazing was somebody was there dressed as, um, what's the guy from Onward? Like Ian? Ian Lightfoot. There was a guy dressed as Ian Lightfoot. Oh. And Cruella, one of the cool things about Cruella is she comments on everybody's costumes. I know. So I, I know. thought that was so cool. And then, of course, Agatha. Kitra. Her name is Kitra. Kitra. Thank you, Liberty. And then Agatha, of course, like, oh, my goodness. See, I, I love Agatha. For me, watching the videos, I also watch the Ordinary Adventures sure. video. Um, But for me, the, like, most exciting character 
was Sid. I don't know really? what it was. I think because I had low expectations. Like Maybe. I really was very excited about Corella, very excited, of course, about Agatha. So I had high expectations for what their meet and greet things were. Whereas Sid, I had zero expectation. Sure. And so, and I've also seen other reports that Sid does a really good job with interacting yeah. with the crowds. Whereas Agatha has been. Yeah, I think it's kind of maybe more hit or miss with Agatha and Cruella, whereas Sid, you're just, you're much closer with Sid, so I think that's why he's much more interactive. The other thing I've noticed about Agatha specifically was the preview night, she was just walking around in the, in the Sanctum area. Well, now they've like created this rock thing that she like sits up on, and I think that's good because... All a lot of the other people, if not all of the other people, have some elevation so more people can see her. Yes, because before she was the same height, and that you you know that area is kind of tiny, mm-hmm. so it's really important to have these characters up a little bit so people could see them better. So, um, I'm very very excited for this. I also saw we didn't talk about this in the news at all this week, but I do want to mention it that this weekend. Um, is Gay Days at Disneyland. And one of the things that they're having is they have, um, I want to say like a drag show or something, and somebody is going to be dressed up as the 50s Agatha, like with the... Of course. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, I wish I was there to see this because it would be so cool. So um, if you guys are interested in going to Gay Days Anaheim, uh, go to gaydaysanaheim.com. They have stuff going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. Um, And I'm sorry I didn't write a news story about it, but I forgot about it until just now. But um, I was reading about it. (laughs) That's okay. And then also I want to tangent off of our Oogie Boogie, because this is our kind of our one Oogie Boogie bash um, news story that we're talking about. I wanted to touch base on what we have seen and what people are reporting on the, A, the dining package at the Wine Country Trotteria, Mm -hmm. and then also the uh, dessert package that Mm -hmm. is at... Is it the Sonoma Terrace, I think, um, for the dessert package? Anyways, all I have to say, I don't want to be too hard on Disney, right? We want to keep this light and nice. I'm very, very glad that we did not decide to do the dessert package. The dessert package, I want to say, was like $80. Mm. Um, The desserts that I was seeing people, you know, the desserts that come with it are not very exciting to me. I was actually really disappointed just that dessert party didn't seem the same level that I've, that we think of when it comes to Disney and especially desserts. Um, this can sound crazy, but after reading the descriptions, I'm more excited about the dessert that comes with the full uh-huh. dinner package at the wine country Tatria than I am of any of the desserts that came with um, the dessert party. So I was really disappointed in that and again that price point was pretty steep so i just i think they fell short um teg's got the desserts up right now do you want to go ahead and read through them yeah so for desserts they've got a red velvet bundt cake an orange uh dreamsicle rice crispy a chocolate meringue mousse a dark fudge cake pop a raspberry mini streusel and gummy centipedes then they've got a list of beverages like a sparkling midnight vodka uh sparkling emerald rum seasonal beer selection of wines uh festival fall punch soda water coffee and tea and that's that's what you get Mm -hmm. so i was a little i was a little surprised i was expecting i was expecting a lot more and the the treats are kind of themed um they're you know they're like purple and red and orange and they're just i don't know they're they're not at the oogie boogie dining package that i did at the wine country trotteria in 2019 with alex um the dessert was gorgeous i don't even remember what what the dessert was it it was tasty it was 
so pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like macarons, you can buy a macaron even at Fiddler Fife Cafe that looks way cooler yeah. than any of the desserts that are at this very expensive dessert party. So I'm I'm a little sad about this. I haven't heard much about the dining area itself. Um, so I don't know if maybe it's, or the dining area, sorry, the seating area or the area for parade watching. I don't know if they actually have seats, if that makes it more desirable or what it is. But from my experience when I went in 2019, the dining package I thought was worthwhile. The food package at Wine Country Trattoria is $55, um, and it includes a starter, your main course, and then also a dessert, soda, and like coffees included. My one beef with their menu was oh, yeah. the steak was $10 extra, and I I'm like, still, really? I still think it's a good value. So then it's $65. Think about like Blue Bayou. That's Yeah, but Blue Bayou, you can get the meat. They don't charge extra for it for the fan cast. Uh, or at true. least they didn't. That's, it could be a COVID yeah. thing. It is Meat is more expensive now. No, it, it was $10 was more it? when I got it. The, it. It was good, though. I really enjoyed it. Okay, because um, I usually eat a sirloin, and it's a ribeye, so I was my, like... Mm. Yeah, my only, my only like beef with it is I didn't like the... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see what I did there. Um, my only... My only kind of like complaint about that was I wasn't very excited about the viewing area but because i've been there and i've experienced oogie boogie bash i i now know that having a specific you know set aside viewing space for the parade is not as needed as one would think it is plus when we're going to be there the parade's going twice so we definitely will have plenty of opportunity to get great views of the parade so i'm more about the dinner as an experience sure and not necessarily like doing it because of the parade viewing area i do think that 55 dollars for the dining thing is good it's a good price because you know if you get they have like a like again something that's not extra okay like the salmon which i would expect might be up there with like a ribeye steak in level of price or whatever yeah so you get a super salad uh which is great then you get entrees and again so like if you get like the salmon then you get the evil queen cauldron cake Plus the location, I think that's pretty decent. Um, it's up there, like you said, with the with the Blue Bayou, mm-hmm. like Fantasmic. And I always thought that, that was a pretty good value. Yeah. Again, with the seating area, who knows? I keep hearing from people, and I know from experience, that the parade route in DCA is very long. Mm-hmm. So it's not like even if you have to stand by that you're going to get a terrible spot. No. Yeah. So... It's not as know. good of a deal to get that. Now, if they were doing um, the World of Color Villainous thing again, that I think you need to get a better spot for. No. When I went, in, again, 2019, Was they were doing it. Was it not as busy? Nope. Not as busy. And they had two Jeez. showings a night. So that's the best viewing area I've ever had watching a World of Color showing hmm. was during the Oogie Boogie Bash. It was better than our Carthay Circle Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that wasn't, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, that was our little tangent. So if anyone has been on the fence about uh, signing up for the dessert package or for the the dining package at the Wine Country Tateria, those are just some observations that we made. Uh, Of course, we'll have, you know, there's always more information um, out there, but we just kind of wanted to share that because this dessert package, I was really questioning for a while because... Of the price point, it just was very steep to me, and I still, I'm still not quite understanding why the price point for the dessert party was set where it was at. But yeah, yeah, maybe they're trying to, maybe they're doing like A/B testing where they're like, well, maybe we'll make this one more expensive and see like what people, what's important to people. Maybe I don't know. That you know, maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're sitting and enjoying your desserts while the parade's going. I I guess I don't know the whole thing. It's, in my opinion, just not worthwhile. Sure. 
Well, a fun detail has returned to Cars Land. The ofrenda for Doc Hudson is back this year near Ramon's House of Body Art. The setup looks very much like the memorial setup that was in Cars 2. So I didn't even know this was a thing. I did some research for this. It was there in 2019. I, you know, I was there and I didn't even know it was a thing. So I'm we a little embarrassed that I missed that. So I, yeah, I'm very excited to check this out. I didn't know that Doc Hudson wasn't in Cars 2 and that they had oh. like got rid of his character. Then I was reading about it because I, again, I had no idea. I'm not, I've only seen Cars like a couple times. Sure. Um, but yeah, the, um, the actor who voiced him passed oh, away. So, sure, um, sure. And he had retired from doing voice work anyway, or from acting in general. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm excited to see this. I love a, I love the cultural tradition yes. of the ofrenda. I think it's really, and of course, learning it from Coco. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's nice, and I love yeah. the colors. And yeah, so it's gonna be fun. I'm really excited just to see Cars Land all decked out in Halloween stuff too, see, and the fact that they have got all of these details. I haven't seen that either. And extra stuff. So I'm very excited to take it in because I feel like. I wish they did decorations in the whole park like they do in Cars Land. They <laughs> you know, do such a good job. The cars go all out when it comes to holiday decorations. It's true. Well, the edible Oogie Boogie sculpture in the Grand Californian has returned to the lobby this year. Near the display is a coffee cart that's been set up to offer drinks and some treats and to encourage guests not to actually eat the display. <laughs> so I was really excited about this, that it was that, oh, they're going to have another one. I, but I was a little sad because it's... It's very similar to the one that they had. It's very the design's very similar to what they had in 2019. Um, so I was kind of expecting it to be maybe like the gingerbread house, where it's sure. like they do different themes and do like quite different things with it each year. So um, I was a little surprised that it was very similar, but still very very cool. We're definitely going to have to go check this out. But it's just amazing to me, especially when you are standing in front of these edible sculptures in person. Just the how large they i mean just crazy the stuff that people that can make out of food is just crazy you know one thing i really wish they'd bring to the grand californian but i don't think ever will is for christmas time at the grand floridian they build a life-size gingerbread house and i think that would be so cool but i just don't know if they it's their lobby's not as large well and i mean our poor bakers and pastry chefs are doing the haunted mansion gingerbread house sure. and i don't know if you watched the kind of like behind the holiday decorating special that i think crazy amounts of work. goldberg had hosted it's yo oh, crazy, crazy oh yeah crazy. Goldberg, I remember now, yeah. crazy amounts of time and work that goes into that gingerbread house at the grand californian i also want to buy the grand one california the grand floridian i want to buy one of those you could buy the shingles yeah in florida and yeah. like that sounds like yeah. it'd be amazing yep Oh, Once again, the Haunted Mansion Holiday has received its centerpiece of the Gingerbread House. Speaking speaking of gingerbread houses, once again, the Haunted Mansion Holiday has received its centerpiece of the Gingerbread House in the ballroom scene. We have talked about the hundreds of pounds of ingredients, hours and hours of work to bring it to life and more. Well, this week, we got a look at how the Gingerbread House is moved into the mansion and assembled for guests to see. So I have to be honest, um, I told you I was watching a bunch of videos. I did not get a chance to watch this one. I was too busy watching the villains for Boogie Boogie Bash. <laughs> so I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch this specific video either, but I have seen other videos of them assembling the the gingerbread house in the Haunted Mansion. The thing that always blows me away every year is looking at the cast members in comparison to this gingerbread house. Because right when you're hard sitting in your doom buggy and looking down in the ballroom at it, I, I just don't ever like it doesn't dawn on me just how massive. The, I mean, it looks it looks very large. Don't get me wrong. But then when you see a person standing next to it, it's just like, 
wow. Just, I mean, wow. That is massive. So I'm just watching it on mute right now. And this thing is massive. And the fact that they have like moving parts parts and stuff and they don't like crumble and break is just, I'd be afraid to touch it. (laughs) It's really, it's really, really incredible. And, you know, even hearing about, oh, it's, you know, this many pounds of that and this many hours and this many people, it's still just. They're getting crazier and crazier with it, aren't they? It's just incredible to me. It still doesn't make any sense that they, that they do that. It's getting crazier and crazier, though, isn't it? Like, it moves now. Mm-hmm. It's gotten taller. Well, there was one year where, like, the top, like, there was a spider that came down. Remember yeah. that one? And, like, oh, it was, was like picking, picking up, up the top yeah. half of it. Oh, it's just crazy to me, amazing. the the amount, the stuff people can do with food. It's just, it's just mind-boggling, as you would say. <laughs> well, as with every good Disney event, there is new merchandise for Oogie Boogie Bash. A set of pins for this year's event feature different villains, as well as a tumbler donning the Oogie Boogie Bash 2021 logo. I'm a little sad that they only have a couple little things for I this year. I haven't seen any shirts. I can't believe that their last, last Oogie Boogie Bash, there was all sorts of t-shirts. There were ears. There were um, spirit jerseys. So I was surprised that we did, maybe, maybe... We just haven't seen photos of it yet. I but I just I don't I want an Oogie Boogie Bash shirt. I don't think they have as much merch this time around as they did before. Mm. So we we'll have to see. Maybe we're wrong. Hopefully we're wrong. This tumbler looks pretty cool though. It does. It does. And then kind of to piggyback off that, another piece of Halloween merch has been spotted around the parks. Um, of course, we were talking about how how great Radiator Springs does decorating and does Halloween. Well, there is over at Flows, you can get a Tomater um, little like straw charm. He's so cute. Vampire Tomater. Oh, yes. Vampire Tomater. Yes. He's in costume, of course. But yeah, you can get him over at Flows. He's $5.99 for the cute little Tomater vampire straw clip. Can we, He's adorable. I think, I'm not a straw clip person, but I might have to get him. He's so cute. Can we talk about something real quick that's totally sure. not related to what we're talking about? But this picture reminded me of this. Did I miss like the memo? Is is like loaded? Everything things, like is that a tr- is that There's, like a thing right now? I don't I don't know if I don't know. There's loaded lots loaded fries, loaded onion rings, yeah, lot and lots of different types of loaded fries. There's loaded um, like what do you call that funnel cake fries too Mm. i heard that the pumpkin funnel cake thing or whatever they have is like amazing every review i've seen online yes so we have to get get the coffee so i'll will you share the funnel cake because that thing's gonna be large okay you know after our weekly tier canoe canoe trip (laughs) we'll buy one so everybody can share it because i think that for me is going to be like one or two bites and that's all i'm going to want probably i feel like it's going to be sweet but i love funnel cake but it's always so much yeah anyway i'm kind of interested there's um funnel cake fries in dca i think they're at award wieners and i don't know if they actually look good or if i'm just like drawn to them because they are they funnel cake batter just made into strings like fries okay but they have a like a oogie boogie green whipped cream on top with like the gummy bugs we might have to try those they just look really mm. i'll tell you what though there's like a cupcake or something that has oogie boogie on i think it's for sale at the at the coffee shop it doesn't look appealing to me no it doesn't it looks more like Roz from monsters inc than it looks like oogie boogie yeah they tried to make oogie boogie i think maybe it's a meringue or something 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 that didn't quite hold up its shape no no idea why this looks appealing to me but this what's is this like oreo pieces probably or it's that darn oogie boogie whipped cream it's just it it's calling my name it does look good <laughs> is that is that like m&ms yes 
It doesn't look that big to look at the hand and the thing, so we Good. can probably order we can one share of those. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. We need we need we need uh we need somebody who likes to eat a lot like Vern yeah. to go with us yeah. so we can taste and then hand it. Anyway. Well, this Thursday, September 16th, the Carnation Cafe will finally reopen to guests. When it reopens, it will serve breakfast and lunch from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily. For those of you who have not dined at this location, it is a great place to take in Main Street and people watch while you get some good food. The outdoor seating area here is just so much fun because you're kind of tucked just off of Main Street and you get still get the Main Street vibes and feel and the people watching, but you don't feel like you're... Yeah. In the middle of it. One thing I noticed from some of the pictures, and I don't know when this happened. I don't think this happened recently, but the last time I ate there, the patio where all of the outdoor seating was oh. seemed like it needed some some TLC. Sure. It looks like they've done, it's, since last time I've been there, they've done some nice work. There's nice. like some tile and gr- brick. Like it looks very nice. It looks like really good. Um, uh, I like eating at the Carnation Cafe. Again, it's a great place to have people watch and stuff. It's a great thing in the morning. Um, maybe one of these days I'll get you to go eat there for breakfast because it's, it's pretty nice. We have you and I there for breakfast. For no, but I mean like oh, coming again. up. Got it. Yeah, again. It's a, it's, I, like, I like eating there. Well, New Orleans Square has almost completely returned to normal after the scrims in the area have finally come down. The area looks great now. Of course, it's all been repainted uh, with just one scrim still up in front of Labatt and Rouge. Hopefully, this will res- result in the Royal Street Veranda reopening soon because this is one of my favorite little places. It is great. But, you know, bread bowls are back in the parks now. So sure. I feel like there's a better possibility that Royal Street Veranda will be reopening soon. Um, I am really curious. Labatt and Rouge... Um, is kind of it's a little bit further back in New Orleans Square so it's a little like kind of back by where Blue Bayou is and that used to be kind of like almost like a dress shop um a lot of like nicer clothing items that were in there and kind of more um like nicer purses sure. and lounge like backpacks that kind of thing and they have closed and it's been this really weird what's going on in there kind yeah. of thing and so someone i think it was mice chat got a picture kind of peeking in and it looks like there are a bunch of merchandise boxes now like stacked up and there's still like displays and that sort of thing in there so hopefully we'll soon be learning what is going to take over that space it does look like it's going to be another store there were rumors that it was going to be some sort of food place but it's it does not look that to be that way at all so i'm curious to see when they reopen and what kind of goodies that they will, what kind of goodies as in merch they will be. I feel offering. like stores and restaurants are not one of the things that I care to like speculate I, on what's going to come back. But with it being New Orleans Square, I get it. I get excited about the theming of it because those shops are just so beautiful and so unique. Sure. I'm just I'm excited about the possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Now that the Magic Key program has been in effect for a couple of weeks, how has this impacted the crowd levels at the parks? Well, weekdays are delightful with low waits for attractions and comfortable crowds walking around. In the evenings, more locals are coming in after work to catch the Halloween Screams fireworks show and projection show. On weekends, they have been busier, but not back to the levels of pre-COVID. Overall, it is a great time to visit the parks, especially when compared to what it was like before the shutdown. Yeah, so I've been seeing pretty good wait times. Um, the crowd photos don't look too terrible. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, it's kind of going back to what, what was before, right? Where people get off work and they want to see the nighttime entertainment. I'm sure when Phantasmic comes back eventually, it's going to be a very similar situation. So um, this is just looking pretty good. I'm I'm excited that we are going and hopefully it will be 
uh, because we're going to be there a couple of days mm. during the week. I think it's going to be very enjoyable. Yeah, really, that's really what I'm excited. thinking. I'm saying I'm hoping that it'll be better than when we were there in the summer. Plus, it hopefully won't be as hot. I know that it's oh, been yeah. really hot the last couple weeks there. I'm hoping that we get lucky and as it goes on, it won't be as hot. We also wanted to mention that the Magic Key popcorn bucket is now for sale in the parks. The popcorn bucket is $11 when you first purchase it. However, the best part about this popcorn bucket is Magic Key holders get $1.50 refills with this popcorn bucket. The the refills are good through November 10th. Um, You do have to have a valid magic key to purchase one of these buckets. Bucket-wise, design-wise, not very exciting. The draw for this, I think, is that those $1.50 refills for sure. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal for for popcorn. If I was a local and went a lot, I would totally do that. I love popcorn. Mm -hmm, For sure. Well, a change has come to the virtual queue system for Rise of the Resistance and Web Slingers. Guests can log into the Disneyland app and confirm their boarding party up to one hour before the virtual queue opens. This cuts down on the time to secure a place in the queue right at opening. This is a welcome change to the system. Hopefully, Web Slingers and Rise of the Resistance will phase out the virtual queue system sooner than later. You know, I think they will, especially especially Web Slingers. Um, And, you know, we were kind of talking about this um, outside of the chat and outside of... Uh, like the podcast, but boarding groups, I've decided not my favorite thing. They (laughs) just really throw a wrench in my Disney day. I don't mind having things like dining reservations because I know what I have more control over that. I know what the time is and I can choose to not go to it 24 hours before and I don't get penalized. Um, But boarding groups, it's a total total just ran it's just random you don't know even if you get a like what you think is a good boarding group and it's earlier you have no idea what time that group's going to be called and your window is not very long so you kind of have to depending on where you are in the parks stop whatever it is you're doing and head back to where the attraction is so i just and galaxy's edge is not a part it's it's kind of its own little it's yeah island so it's not like it's in the heart of the park so it's not like it's you're walking past it all the time so it seems further out of the way so if it's if we're in Tomorrowland and then suddenly our boarding group pops up that's a trek so i'm just i've decided i'm not a fan so personally i would like to see boarding groups go away sooner rather than later um so that i can get we can have our our flow of our disney days back a little bit well and we talked about this too i don't remember if we talked about it on a stream or if we talked about it on the episode but i feel almost like the reason that so many people like the reason rise of the resistance is so popular is because it's become this thing oh, yeah. to get a boarding group so i think people get it because it's like the expected thing so i think if boarding groups went away I think it would like calm down. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like crazy four hour waits or whatever. I feel that same way though with dining reservations. I think some of these places, like people have get them become, to be K- yeah, in have case. become popular because you kind of need you need the reservation, and so you you kind of panic get the reservations because mm-hmm. what if so you know when reservations open up you just grab what you can because if you don't have the option to just walk up to some of these yeah. restaurants now and just go with what you're feeling like or when you're hungry you kind of have to lock that stuff in a little way sooner than normal and so i'll be interested to see if these things stay or if they go away the one thing i've always really liked about disneyland is that you didn't have to have this crazy pre-planning stuff going on disney world has that and it's it's a little sad to me because especially if you're someone who's never visited 
a Disney park, let alone Disney World. And you, you know, it's it's like learning a whole new language to try and figure out all these different reservations. You have to figure out where you want to eat months in advance, even if there are places you've never heard about before. So it's it's very stressful. Yeah. So I wish I wish some of these things would kind of just fade away and we could go back to a less stressful time. Do I think it's important to have reservations available for those people that do like to plan and do want to make for absolute sure that they're going to get into certain places? Yes, I do think so. Mm. However, I do wish that we had more walk-up availability at places too, so you have the option to choose. I think what's going on, and we're seeing this more and more with things, Genie Plus I think is going to be an example of this, where... I think the Walt Disney Parks division is trying to make Florida and D- and California like the same. They're treating yeah. them the same. And it's been proven over and over that Disneyland guests are different than Disney World guests. Mm-hmm. There's different priorities. There's different ways people want to enjoy the park. Yeah, yeah. So I think what's going to happen over time is they're going to try to make these things the same. And people are going to provide feedback, and they're going to modify things. And they're going to realize, because they did this a few years ago. Do you remember a few years ago? They didn't have almost any just Disneyland-specific merchandise. It was all Disney parks. And people bought less, because, like, what's the point? Like, Mm -hmm. I want something that says Disneyland. I don't want something that says Disney parks. So... I think that stuff like that, um, I I think that they're trying to look at it like, oh, they're both theme parks. They're both in America. They should both be treated the same. And I think what will happen is they will realize they are two different things. People want different things. So I think you're right. I think that a lot of these things will stay, but they will be paired back. So it won't be a requirement. It'll just be an option, like you said. I hope so. Well, some great news now that we went kind of down that sad sad path. Right. Um, we do have some really great news for those of us, ourselves included, that are looking forward to igniting that night again soon. The fountains and infrastructure around Tom Sawyer Island that supports Fantasmic has been under refurbishment. The area around the water jets have has been drained and work is being performed. Hopefully this means that the return of a very popular nighttime show is not too far off. I feel like they're keep they keep teasing us because they did all sorts of refurbishment stuff and it seemed like they were doing extra things on like the rigging and all that yep. of um of the boats and the, yeah. And they're doing it again. So right now the they're Mark Twain us. is the Mark Twain is under refurbishment for a few days. Yeah. And right after the Columbia again is going under. I know. So I think they're, they're getting really close to It'll be interesting. They're doing the work anyway. The time time frame. Like, this is a very interesting... Holidays. It'll be back for the holidays. Yep. It's a very interesting time of year for them to bring it back. So, yeah, I'm curious about this because it's the off-season. So, Fantasmic during the off-season is only running weekends primarily and not weekdays. Wouldn't it be cool as an offering of the Christmas party if you could oh, see Fantasmic? We would go to the Christmas party because just Because <laughs> it'd be just like World of Color. You'd have, like, oh so much more open gosh. seating. You wouldn't have to wait for hours. Yeah. Um, it is an expensive show to put on, so I don't know if they would do it with that, but maybe. I mean... Who knows? Maybe that's why the tickets are more expensive, because they're trying to justify the cost <laughs> of Fantasmic. I don't know. I'm just You're just throwing it out there. Just but I there. really want to see Fantasmic again, and I'm very excited for it to come back. It's so the fact that they're doing work on it gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Well, guests arriving to the... So here we go again. So we, we were really excited. Now we're going kind of kind of <laughs> negative again. Guests arriving to the Mickey and Friends and Pixar Pals parking structures are sometimes surprised that the parking lot trams are still not back, requiring a long walk to the front gates. 
Some are opting to park over in the Toy Story parking lot, which has buses that will drop guests off closer to the gates. The buses that are in use are small and don't currently have air conditioning. So there's been long waits. I believe Freya, one of our community managers, parked over in Toy Story and said that it was like an hour and a half wait to get back on the bus to go it's, back. So part of the problem is, is since people, since the trams aren't running, mm-hmm. people don't want to do that walk. That's, it, you know, it I feels like them. a very long walk. So a lot of, a lot more people are parking over at Toy Story, the Toy Story lot than normal. Um, so the buses are actually not Disney owned buses. They're contracted out their third party. So they don't have, so it's not quite the same how do I want to say it? Not the same standards, not the same yeah. schedule as if it were like the tram, right? The tram's just constantly running because that's yeah. that's what it does. It just takes people and to and from. so many people. Yep, they take people to and from the parking structure to the park, whereas the buses are not Disney's buses, so they only have like, so we'll say, oh, you know, in the mornings, it's it's really busy, so we're going to have more buses. Well, then it kind of tapers off around this time, so we're going to have sure. less buses or, you know, whatever. So it's not, it's not the same. It's just not the same. So... <laughs> Yeah. So and you got to deal with public streets and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting. So the Toy Story lot was kind of a well-kept secret for a little while. It was well, overflow mostly. Secret is out now because of the, <laughs> since we don't have the trams and people are wanting um, to not have to do the tram route walk. Secrets out. So yeah, Toy Story is the much more popular place now than it had been before. Why do you think the trams have not returned? I, you know, there's, I think. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, probably a few different things at play there. Um, I know we've heard uh, through the grapevine that of the trains, there's three trains that usually run. However, they've only been running two, and that's because the one train needs quite a bit of work. Um, I feel like there's been the same thing going on with the monorails delayed in return. Well, we they, heard a rumor it's like they can't get tires. Yeah. But they've been about, looping them. Something about tires, but I've also heard rumors about not having enough like seasoned mechanics that are there to work on them. So I just don't think the trams are necessarily a priority for Disney right now because they've got other things that are bigger that they're still trying to get going so i'm not yeah i just don't think trams are a super priority i think it honestly overall i think it's staffing i think they're having i just hope trouble that, with like staff. they keep opening a lot of things and i just wish that they would like really emphasize trying to get things like the trams open because that's vice chat said it that's the first and last thing people do true. and it's such a quality of life thing for most guests and like okay fine yes you're gonna be walking around the park all day or whatever but still, like, at the end of the day, you just want to take something relaxing back. I love the parking lot tram. So I just want it to come back. And I hope it comes back sooner than later because people are frustrated and it's causing these weird situations. And... I don't. There are some people that think the trams will never come back. I, I That's don't. That's not going to happen. I don't think that. I do think the trams will they be They just back. built all that infrastructure for it. They're not going to just be like, yeah, nope. No, they'll be back. I'm not sure. I think overall it's a staffing thing, whether yeah. that's you know, mechanics for the tram vehicles and cars themselves, or if it's staffing with people able to operate the trams or, you know, what it is exactly. But yeah, they'll be back. Just not yet. Yeah. I just, it it is pretty labor intensive because you've got people that stand there to load. You got at least two people on the tram itself because you got the guy at the back and the mm-hmm. driver. And then you've probably got what, five or six of those at least running at a time. Yeah. So yeah. Well, this week, the Tanea, Tanea, 
This week, the Tanea Stone Spa in Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa officially opened, so we can now say Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa once again. The Disney Parks blog posted all the details of the story and design elements of the new spa. The inspiration for the spa comes from the spirit of nature, indigenous cultures of California, and the craftsman design of the hotel itself. One of the unique details is the tree root chandelier, which looks like roots of a tree are growing through the ceiling. This, this looks so cool. Space looks gorgeous. And I was reading so I just want to learn there's such a rich story behind everything that they did in this space. Everything was very intentional. Everything went through a very big process. I just am in awe of the work they did. I mean, right, it's visually appealing, but that's just that's just like the one little layer of everything that went into it i just i'm not a spa person i would go to this spa just because of everything that went into it and just the the story and the attention to detail and just the beauty of it if you are interested in learning more about this beautiful beautiful spa that has such thoughtful details everywhere you turn. Um, there is a wonderful interview on the Disney Parks blog with Katrina Mosier, who is an art director at the Walt Disney Ed- Imagineering, and Don Jackson, a Native American cultural advisor within Disney. They both worked on the project um, for a story, like as the story development team for this. Just incredible, super, do you, super. Do cool. you want to split a? Couples Tanaya signature <laughs> massage. I mean, people already think there were a couple. It's only so. 160 bucks. Relax and unwind with your there significant you other during this private side by side massage designed especially be- for couples. I don't know what that means. Like, is it because you're when you get a massage, you basically strip down and yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, it does look very beautiful though, and the amount it's so crazy. It's only a Disney thing, right? That they spend. so much time and effort doing all the little details like you were saying and figuring out the story for all these little things i mean just just the fact of you know the how intentional the name Mm tanea means and they don explains that tanea can be interpreted to dream in the indigenous cultures of the yosemite valley how i mean how beautiful is that i just anyways i highly recommend visiting if you have a chance but for sure, check out the really well done article on the Disney Parks blog. Of course, the link will be in our show notes. I mean, tell us about the stone. The stone went on a journey. We were looking for it with a Miwok elder and her family who are descendants of the chief Tanea and the Awashini people. The stone revealed itself to this family and this family blessed and gifted it to disney and the spa the stone has been shaped and formed on over eons of time on the earth it's the center and the heart of the spa and the place to reflect and set intentions like wow how cool is that the other thing i had read too about this was they were talking about you know a lot of architecture is kind of like they want you to look out and up and this was intentional that they wanted you to look down and in at all the details so it was even like much and if you think about think about a disney park you're looking like yeah wow like how big and how vast it's out and up Mm -hmm. but in this smaller space they really focus on the details to really bring you in i just very very cool well i feel like that's part of a whole spa thing right because you want to be relaxed and stuff so if you're kind of looking in you're not like distracted by like everything that's out there you're like focused more on yourself well so katrina said that the reason they were doing the down and in is that it's you know 
you're looking into nature and going down into the earth, into the stone, into the roots. Mm. So they took it like Mother Nature was the ins- inspiration for the design, which is very, very apparent. Just amazing. Psst, Avast there. It'd be too late to alter cars, mateys. And there be trivia questions lurking in every cove, waiting to be answered. Listen close and keep your ruddy Disney knowledge handy. That be the best way to answer correctly and mark well me words, mateys. Dead men tell no tales. Here comes seeking questions and long-lost Disney information, eh? Sure, you come to the proper place, but keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight with both hands, if you please. There be squalls ahead, and James and Vern waiting for them what don't answer correctly. Welcome back to Trivia Land. How you feeling tonight? You ready? No. <laughs> you told us that we were going down, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I also mentioned to you that I have given up on trying to get points at this point, so I will take it as a Okay. As a as a like unexpected surprise if we get something right. Okay. <laughs> or at least if I get something right. Teresa's pretty good. All right. Well depends on the week. So um so on our most recent trip as we were at um DCA. We were checking out Avengers Campus, and we were fortunate enough to be able to get onto Web Slingers, what, twice we did it, right? This is a Q question, isn't it? And while we were on Web Slinger, even though we did have the pass to be able to get in at the specific time, it was still quite a bit of sitting in line. And personally, I was very impressed with how immersive the queue itself was. They had all sorts of really cool information about like the background of the people that were working on you know, working there at Star Labs and, you know, people that were involved with all of the different robotics and things that are happening there. And so I was able to write down great information about the awesome things happening there. And I hope you were paying attention too. Nope, all I was doing no. was petting the picture of Tom Holland. All right. Well, let's get started. For your first question tonight, in the queue for Web Slinger, you may have noticed that there were marker boards, especially when we're in the main oh, no. foyer area where the where like the the big show started. Yeah, where, where there the was pre-show the, is. The, yeah, I know the where pre-show. the marker yep. boards are. Okay. I have no idea what's on them. So on those marker boards, <laughs> there were all these notes that everybody was leaving to each other. Whose torque wrench did Spencer borrow? Tony Stark's. Peter Parker's. Are those your final answers? Yeah. All right. I can't remember the little girl's name. Um, with the little pigtails. With the pigtails, she's so cute. Yes. Did you see that um, Philander's daughter dressed yes, as her? Yes, I did. Froggy Boogie Bash was so cute. For your second question, in the same area, looking at these same marker boards, somebody left a note to Peter that he owes them money. How much did Peter borrow? It was like $9 and something or something like that. I remember specifically reading this one, and I thought your first question was going to be about this. But I think it was, I don't know, I'm going to say $9 and something. Um, Nine. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Do we have to get like the cents right too? If you come within $2, I'll give it to you. Okay. Within $2. I'm going to say 13 Ooh. All right. Your third regular question. 
In the same area, still looking at these marker boards, who left a note stating that he wants his camera back? Oh my goodness. Who takes pictures? Anybody? I'm going to say Peter wants his camera back, because isn't that like a whole thing that he takes pictures and does stuff for the Daily Bugle or something? Older Peter Parker, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say Peter Parker. Why not? I don't know anybody else. I was going to say I don't know any of the the kids. This is terrible. This is really bad. I told you I had very low expectations. Really, really bad. I'm going to say Peter, too, just because I Were you downstairs when Vern said, you're going Mm -hmm. down? Yeah. I was. (laughs) He wasn't lying. Are those your final answers? Yeah. Peter? Okay. And your fourth and final question in this particular queue. This is the worst trivia land visit ever. (laughs) Yeah, we're not getting out of the queue. We're just stuck in the queue all day. Stuck. JP left a note saying, Ask Blank about Gecko Tech. Who is Blank? Sound. I can't think of his Paul Rudd's the actor, but Ant, oh, Ant- Man. What is his name? Like, what's Ant Man's name? It's um, I actually know this one somewhere in my brain. Oh my goodness! I'm trying not to look at the chat because I feel like people in the chat will be saying something, and I don't want to get it from the chat. At this point, I'll allow you any help you get. Okay, I looked at the chat. Scott, Scott. I'm going to say Scott. Ask Scott. Good going, Jay. Thank you. Jake, Usually I'm the can other you substitute? way around. I can't remember the actor's name, but I only remember the character's name. So that was a rare, a rare. Do you know what we should me. do? We should do. We should start doing trivia like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where we get like a oh, hint or like, like like gives us a hint, or we can call <laughs> uh, a phone a friend, which will be there you go. Uh, asking the chat. Or what was the other thing that you could do? Fifty fifty. Yeah, fifty fifty. Yeah, that was the that other was, one. There was three of them, wasn't there? Multiple choice. Yeah, so yeah, 50-50, phone a friend. Phone a friend. Oh, ask the audience. Oh, and ask the audience because they did uh, like a poll. Yeah. yeah, so that would be the the chat. the chat. Yeah, phone a friend would be like, okay, who do we know that knows Marvel? Call James, <laughs> I could call. I could call Max. He loves Marvel. There you go. Oh, Except yeah. for he's never been to Web Slinger. So, what's, so. Yeah. Your, what's your answer, Scott? You're gonna say so yeah. You're both going with Scott. Yeah, it's probably okay. wrong. Right. I, I don't, oh, you could phone Vern. That'd be fun. You're like Vern. <laughs> any of these are right. Probably not. <laughs> All right, and for a bonus, we'll make it a little easier on you. Gosh, we'll go with a what queue are you in? Oh, okay, I like these. You know the rules of what queue are you in? You get your first two, and then possibility for a full credit, and then your last two, possibility for a half credit. And what we've learned last time is we can't overthink it. Go with our gut. Yep. So, first clue, you can hear Glenn Miller music. Indiana Jones Adventure. Stacks of packing crates. Packing. Indiana, Indiana, yeah, Indiana Jones Indiana Adventure. Jones, yeah. The outside part, if you want to be specific, I would guess. Your third Packing clue. Crates. Is it the Jungle Cruise? Office. Sorry. I'm going with Indiana Jones Adventure because I've learned to just give in. Because if I give him an answer now, full credit. Because can you can you hear? The music I gave my answer. From, I know, but I'm just thinking now. I did too. It's down. But now I'm now I'm second guessing if it's the jungle. Well, do you want more clues? I will give you half credit if you get the right answer on the third or fourth. Okay, I'll wait. Okay, well I'm locking in. Okay, I mean I'll I'll only give you full credit if you get it on the first two, but if you eventually get it on the last two, then you get your half. Yeah. Okay, so tag your. I'm locked in. in. He's locked in. I'm still. You're foregoing the opportunity. You're. You're saying I got it. I'm good. Teresa, you're you're happy that you might get the half. Yes. Okay. 
All right, third <laughs> clue. Offices with old telephones slash telegraphs. Okay. And the fourth clue, paintings by Rosa Dominguez. Yep, jungle Cruise. The one time I go with my gut. <laughs> jungle. Well, listeners, how do you think they did tonight? How did you do listening at home? Wait until after the discussion topic and you can find out. For our discussion topic this week, we are going to speak with Weekly Tier Emmy about uh, kids in the parks, like infants and toddlers, which mm-hmm. we have absolutely no it, information no, yes, on. Yes. So <laughs> this will be a wonderful conversation. So welcome to the show, Emmy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Well, Emmy, thank you so much for reaching out with this topic because like Tag mentioned, neither Tag nor I do have kids. So this is uncharted territory for us um and i know we've talked about this on the podcast before and i just think it's great um because i think it's a great resource we've got obviously the parks are always changing so thank you very much for coming on to share your knowledge and your experience oh you're so welcome i i hope that i can be uh, a source of knowledge for some people i'm sure there's more seasoned parents maybe that could speak to older kids in the parks but i just wanted to focus on babies toddlers because we took, my little guy is now almost 18 months. Okay. And we took him on his first Disney trip when he was six months old. Wow. So he's being fully indoctrinated. Um, <laughs> Starting but, him young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are, which is really exciting. But I just wanted to um, speak to that experience a little bit because it's definitely different than having even an older child in the parks. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, let's start with your Disney story and get to know you a little better. And what made you fall in love with the company, the parks, the movies, all of it? So I grew up, I'm the oldest of six kids. And so we could never really travel to the parks. It just wasn't an option for us financially. And also we lived in Texas. So it was like far to California, far to Florida. Mm -hmm. It wasn't feasible for us, but we loved all the music, all the movies, we were fully immersed in all of that. And then when I got engaged to my husband, Bryson, his family are like the most intense Disney people I've ever met in my whole life. <laughs> um, and so we were planning our wedding and, and Bryson said, well, I want to be in charge of the honeymoon. And I said, great, do whatever you want. And so he said, well, I'm going to take you on a Disney cruise and we're going to go to Disney World for a week afterwards. Wow. And I was like, Okay, I had never done anything related to the Disney parks before, so I had no idea what to expect, but we went on this trip. It was obviously fabulous. And then right after we got married, we moved to Arizona and we were within driving distance of yeah. Disneyland. So we got annual passes our first year that we were married and we went to Disneyland all the time. And I just like fell in love with it and I started listening to podcasts in between our times in the park so that I would know what was going on and just kind of became even more involved than even he had ever been because his family, he's from Canada and they had annual passes when they lived in Canada and they would go to the parks like three or four times a year Mm -hmm. and were really intense about it. And so, and they thought it was super weird when I started listening to Disney podcasts. <laughs> I was like, you're like, how do you not? You were the ones that were like, they were hustling, man. Bryson's mom tells stories about sleeping on the floor of like the Motel 6 so that they could like afford to go to the parks and camping out for parades and stuff. They have some great stories. But yeah, that's kind of how I fell in love with it is we just, we did that first trip and it was like, the bug that bit me 
and I just loved it. And ever since then, I was like, we have to be there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so how do, how does Bryce and your husband and now his family like think? Do they're like, are they kind of like, oh, we've created a monster? Or are they like all for it? I think Bryson feels like he created a monster for sure. <laughs> He's like, what did I do? Oh, no. Because um, I just want to spend all our money. And- I was going to say, have you surpassed him in in enthusiasm for the parks? I think it's in different ways because he has mm-hmm. all of that nostalgia of being a kid growing up in the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, he They would go so often that like the princesses would remember his name. Oh. They'd be like, oh, Prince Bryson is back to visit us. You know, they would, <laughs> we're so excited to see him. And so he has those really great memories. And they were like the first people in on the day that o- California Adventure opened oh, wow. and the first people to ride California Screaming and like that kind of stuff. So he has mm-hmm. those memories and he loves the park for that kind of nostalgia. But for me, I'm like a true Disney adult. Like, I just, I never got to do it as a kid. And so I, I feel like a kid when I'm in the parks and it's like, you know, it's different, but yeah, he supports it. He thinks that's really fun. And obviously he's never going to tell me like, um, we're spending too much time at Disneyland, (laughs) you know? So that's good. But I do think his family probably thinks I'm crazy. (laughs) So follow-up question. So you got indoctrinated through the cruise line and Disney world How did you end up uh, with like Disneyland being the place for you? Oh, so I love the cruise. Like if I could afford to do a cruise a year, I would totally do that. It's amazing. And we love the cruises. Um, Disney World, I felt like that first trip was really overwhelming to me. Sure. Partially because I had never been to a Disney park ever, but also it's four parks. And it they're so spread out. And so you have to you like you have to take the monorail in between and you know, like it it's just a lot. And and then when we got annual passes to Disneyland, the, I remember the first trip to Disneyland, I was like, Oh, this is way more my speed. Like <laughs> it's two parks. We could do both of them in a day if we wanted to, or we could take our time. I felt like I had a better handle on like where things were and I liked the fact that you could walk between and that it wasn't like such a commitment to go in between the parks. And I just, I don't know. I just like it better. And I love that it's like Walt's original park. And a lot of those, those rides have been there since the park opened, you know? So I think I, I think I just like it because it feels more authentic, I guess. Sure. I don't know. I was so happy this last week. So uh, I'm sure I've mentioned this YouTuber on the podcast before, um, but there's a guy who does Walt Disney World news, um, mm-hmm. and his channel's Mickey Views, and mm-hmm. uh, the guy who who runs it's named Braden. He went for the first time since he was like two or three to Disneyland oh. um, because he's working on like some big video project or something. He he wouldn't he doesn't specify, but he he did a video about Disneyland, and I was so happy to hear because he loves Disney World. Sure. I was so happy to hear from somebody who loves Disney World so much that he really liked Disneyland. And he joked about the castle. Yeah. He's like, in, <laughs> in Magic Kingdom, there's this thing here and there's all these people taking pictures in front of I don't know what because there's nothing here. And, uh, he did make that joke. But he said that he actually thought the park, uh, you know, what everybody always says, like you can feel Walt in the park, uh, mm-hmm. which is one thing. But then also like, 
because Disneyland is more of a locals park, they do a lot of things like extra that like Disney World doesn't do. He said all the characters seem more energetic and there was oh. more of them. He said that um, he enjoyed how there was just so much to do, like you said, in such a small place. Um, just all those little things. And I was just so happy to hear somebody who always reports on and like doesn't ever report on Disneyland, but he always reports on Disney World, talk so highly of Disneyland because it made me feel good that like, you know, our park in a way uh, mm-hmm. for this podcast anyway, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is is, uh, you know, somebody who who had an experience can have all this thing and they can be like, you know, there are some things that are better than than whatever. Um, the train, the diorama he had like because Disney World oh, doesn't have a diorama. Sure. And he was like, oh. well, Disney World hasn't had a train for like three years because since they've been <laughs> building Tron, the train's been down. Yeah. So anyway, it was just really kind of kind of an interesting thing so um i was interested to see what your perspective because you started at disney world i feel yeah. like in the midwest where we live it seems like a lot of people disney world is where it's at and that, people go yeah. to disneyland and they're kind of like yeah it's okay but we like disney world they're like oh it's cute and i think it's <laughs> i think it's the nostalgia thing because people grew up going to disney world so they have the nostalgia there they don't have that mm-hmm. like emotional connection to it disneyland. might be my first park was walt disney world but you love Disneyland now. But I love Disneyland, yeah. I feel like we have to get into that at some point. <laughs> That's so, another discussion topic. Yeah. Time. Yes, yes. So what between the two of us, apparently. Uh, so when you go to the parks on the first day, where do you go? Do you go left towards Adventureland? Do you go straight through the castle to, to Fantasyland? Do you go right towards Tomorrowland? What's your What's your game plan? Um. So th- it's interesting because I didn't start going to the parks until 2017. So I've never been in the parks without the app. And so for us, the app plays a big part of our Disney day. Like we'll get on the app as soon as we get through the gate and see, okay, well, which lines are the shortest? Where should we go? And especially when we had park hoppers too, it was like, okay, well, Soren is only 15 minutes. So let's run over there. Or sometimes it was like, well, Peter Pan is only 20 minutes. So that's the shortest it's going to be all day long. So we have to run that way. So I found that usually if we were getting to the parks, early in the morning we'd go straight through and go to peter pan first because it seems like that line is always the shortest early in the morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah i don't have like a we have to do this every time although i do gravitate because space mountain is my favorite i always want to do that like multiple times in a day um but yeah i'd say the pattern is usually peter pan but Hmm. mostly it's because that's where the line is the shortest (laughs) Not because of anything else. That's okay. Nothing wrong with being strategic no. about how you attack. We are very strategic about <laughs> the parks. <laughs> you probably get more out of your Disney day by being that strategic, though. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, less so now because we have kids with us. When it was sure. just Bryson and I in the parks, we could hit every single attraction in the park mm-hmm. in half a day. Like we were very, very efficient. And wow. it, actually, this is a funny story. So my first ever Disney experience at Walt Disney World our first day in Magic Kingdom we got there at rope rope drop and Bryson grabbed my hand and booked it down Main Street and he was like we have to get to Peter Pan we have to get to Space Mountain you know like he's so used to just being really efficient in the parks and I had to like he was dragging me down Main (laughs) Street and I'm like trying to look at everything and I was like, Bryson, you have to stop because I haven't seen any of this before. I was like really upset with him that he was trying to just drag me through. And he said it was like a very trying day for him because (laughs) he had to like 
slow down and let me take everything in. He was like, no, we can shop at the end. We don't shop throughout the day. <laughs> like, they're, they're really funny about the way that they do Disney. So I feel like since I've joined the family, we've all learned to slow down a little bit and <laughs> enjoy the moments as they come. And- well, especially with kids, because you can't really like zip, 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 you know. Yeah, exactly. Kids are on their own schedule. So you have to you have to be accommodating and flexible mm-hmm. for sure. I just I we're all different, right? Everybody attacks things differently. I, I commend you for slowing them down. <laughs> because we have talked to there's a there's a couple weekly tiers that I could think of on the top of our head. Our social media manager is one of those folks. Um and Jay, yeah. who we've lovingly uh, been teasing about everything. Uh, so Jay <laughs> has gone to the parks a bunch, but has like not seen fireworks, no, has not parades. seen the parades. I'm like how have you not seen a parade? How have you? And he's like, attractions. It's all about I the mean, attractions. He's not wrong because that would be when, you know, the attractions right, waits but are like nothing. I but. just, I look at Disney as a whole more like it's not just like there's so many people who like it's all about the rides. And I'm like, if it's all about the rides, you could go like to Universal I and get all like, the rides. Like Disney to me is mm-hmm. everything. But I feel like that's how it begins. You get like hooked on the attractions. And then like once you kind of get that out of your system, then you start exploring things like the shows. Sure. Because I don't, I can't even confidently say that I think the rides are my favorite thing about Disneyland. That's a, t- that's a bad, you shouldn't ever ask anyone that question. That's like asking your favorite child, what is your favorite part about Disney? I feel like that's fair though. <laughs> like I can see where you're coming from because yeah. there's so much more to it than just the attractions. Mm-hmm. For us, food is a big thing too. So we'll yes. plan our whole day around the food and then we'll mix the attractions in as we go. It's, I feel know, like the last two trips have blend. been about food for us. It's the blend of all <laughs> mm-hmm. of the things that makes well, it fun. Yeah. I really thought entertainment was higher on the the list for me but the last time that we were there in july they had the cavalcade but there was obviously Mm -hmm. no oh no we had fireworks but there was no phantasmic no world of color Mm -hmm. um and phantasmic has always been a big thing to me so it was interesting experiencing the parks without some of those elements just to see and the shows how much it weighed on you like how much it weighed on your day or your like enjoyment or whatever and it did i miss them yes but it wasn't like well i'm not coming back until Fantasmic's back, or I'm not coming back until um, Mickey and the Magical Map is coming back, which it's not. But I know. have some friends that were like that, that that said, well, going to Disney during COVID is just not even going to be worth it because there's no parades, there's no fireworks, and there's no this or that. But when we went, we went to Walt Disney World in November okay. when it was still very much COVID guidelines, and we loved it. I was mm-hmm. so surprised at how, even though there was maybe less of those types of things, they made up for it in other ways. And one mm-hmm. of those was that capacity was so low that you yeah. could go on every ride, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The capacity, when we went to Disney World in August uh, last 20, last yeah, summer, 2020. Um, it, you oh, know, it was, it was nice to get on all the attractions yeah. and, but they, but some of the stuff that has come through COVID has been really great. Like I think some, and again, I think there's a balance that needs to be struck, but I think the, the character interactions really like are, the character are really well done now because you're not waiting in a line forever. Yeah, like, I uh, love that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, we're getting off topic, so I yeah. apologize and we'll get back on after this. I'm so looking forward to going to Haunted Mansion Holiday and seeing Jack and Sally oh, up yeah. in the balcony at the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I think that's such a great... Never have I seen a character up there before. I don't know why they haven't And before. I think it's that's perfect. like perfect, yes. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound silly, but it's one of those things that I didn't even like think about in my head that, oh yeah, sure, why wouldn't they put 
characters or people up there. Like, why right. wouldn't you? But it's just, I don't know. I think it's for perfect. sure. And there's so, all those places in Nor- New Orleans Square, too, where they could put characters yeah, easily yeah. or like even up on the turret of the castle. Like there's things that you don't really think of until COVID made it a necessity. And then you realize like there are a lot of ways that you could have character interactions that would be really fun. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. Disney has done a really good job of incorporating those and letting people have more exposure to characters that they maybe wouldn't even normally see oh, because yeah. they didn't want to stand in line at Pixie Hollow for 35 minutes to mm-hmm. see Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and just like Disneyland, especially I, I don't know as much about Walt Disney world, but the, the characters that are coming out, there's so many characters that you don't normally see. Yeah. That they've got out. And like, how fun is it to watch? Like we were watching Chip and Dale play in like, oh, yeah. the forest and, you know, all that stuff is just adorable. So we've got Ronan and then um, Bryson and I, when we were, like I said, when we were first married, we had annual passes. We, Bryson is the youngest of his family and three of his older siblings are married and have kids. And so we would go to the parks all the time with our nieces and nephews. And they would even like, my brother-in-law would call us and say, Hey, we're going to go to the parks. Do you guys want to come? And like babysit for us so we can go on a date night one night or you guys yeah. can take this kid to this ride so we can go over, here. you know, like it's yeah. more fun when you take the family. So we've had a lot of fun times in the parks with kids of all ages. Oh, and now it's awesome. different that we have our own baby. One last question and then we'll get into the meat of it because we somehow we've talked about so many things but haven't. I think you I think you said this already, but what is your favorite attraction? And it can be from any of the Disney parks. I think you already said it, but. Can you confirm? Yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> Space Mountain for so sure. How how do you feel about the overlays? Like when they do Ghost Galaxy or um, Hyperspace, Hyperspace Mountain. Mountain. I love Hyperspace Mountain. I've never done Ghost Galaxy, um, but I actually did really because we're big Star Wars fans too. Sure, yeah. So and and it's not like that's the only version I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. I think it would be different if I had only ever done Hyperspace, but. Because I've done the original, I've done hyperspace. I like them both. Um, I like the original better, obviously. But yeah, we like we like hyperspace mountain. Hyperspace we like all so Star Wars fun. related. I, like the little things that they added to it just changes the like. I don't want to say the feel of the attraction, but it just it makes a big difference. It feels faster, like be, with the like when they do the laser yeah. blasts and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. Mm-hmm. I haven't done Ghost Galaxy, but are, are they doing it this year? They're not. Okay. They have not announced Like, nothing's been announced. So it it would have already think, been launched. Well, yeah, I think they would have already done the overlay. Mm-hmm. But it does only take, like, a day. It's not a very big, you know, I think it's just the projections it. that they switch out yeah. or whatever. Yep, yep. And the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll get into it. So, uh... I, I have a couple notes written down from your intro, and I just want to get through a couple of these questions real quick before I totally forget and we get way too far. <laughs> okay. So with with the family now and um, going with family and all that type of stuff, with the upcoming stuff like Genie Plus and Lightning Lane oh. and all that stuff, uh, what are your opinions on, on those extra cost things? Because that does make it more expensive, you know, the more you have. Because before it was just you and Bryson... And now it's, uh, and especially as, as your son grows up, mm-hmm. you're going to have a third, you know, because right now it's pretty easy, right? It's probably a lot of like fantasy land and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, so when I heard about Genie Plus, I kind of felt like, okay, well, it's just a different version of Max Pass. But then I realized that it's a little bit more expensive. It's a little bit more involved. And so for us, like, I remember when, when we had annual passes, 
we went with my mom and two of my siblings, three of my siblings, actually. So we went with my mom and three of my siblings and they decided because they were only going to do two days in the parks that they would buy the max pass. And I think at that time it was $15 per day per ticket. And we love the fact that photo passes included. Yes. So that is kind of what made the, was like the big draw for us. Um, so we did it, but it ended up adding like a significant amount of money to the ticket price. And I don't know. I think that if you're the kind of family that goes all the time to the parks, it may not be worth it. Um, if you're the, if you're like a one time a year, this is our big family trip. I think maybe you could justify the price for the genie plus, but I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because I feel like. Disney does a pretty good job of being all inclusive and not nickel and diming you for everything. Mm -hmm. And this felt a little bit nickel and dimey to me. Yeah. And I don't love that. Like, I, I never want to criticize because we love Disney, right? With anything that you love, you find things that maybe you would like to change. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think as our family grows up, it'll definitely be, we'd have to assess it trip by trip. Like, is it really worth it for us to get on these attractions sooner and to, you know, skip these lines? Or are we okay with being in line for a little bit longer? And I don't, I think it would make a big difference too if there was just like, you can purchase PhotoPass separately. Because yeah. for us, that's a big thing. We love that PhotoPass is included, but I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> well, the photo pass thing is funny because if you just want the photo pass, the good news is you could just one person could buy it, right? It's true. Yeah. And then everybody, yeah. you just scan that just, one yeah, person's thing. To the one. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have a family, you know, and let's say you have a bunch of like teenagers and stuff, like, sure, photo pass is included, but once one person has it in the group, mm -hmm. it, it becomes like, that's okay. But now I'm paying, like we talked about before with parking. Yeah. With the passes, it's like yeah. uh, we have one of our community managers' daughter. It's like, well, I could get her this pass too, but then the parking benefit isn't really a benefit because we're driving <laughs> right, in the same car. Right, right, so, right. Anyway, uh, and then the last question I have uh, based on the original thing is, are you magic key holders or are you going to get a magic key? How do you feel about that program? Mm, we love, I mean, we love Daniel Passes, so I'm sure that at some point we will get magic keys again. Right now we live in Idaho, which is not as close to the parks, so we can go to the parks maybe once or twice a year. Oh, sure. At this point. But my in-laws do live still in Arizona. My brother-in-law is DVC member and they do mm -hmm. have magic keys. So it's kind of the kind of thing where we sort of have to assess, like, is it worth it for us because we don't live close? If we're going to be visiting family, what are the blackout days like? Because usually when we're visiting family, it's around the holidays. Oh, so mm -hmm. I think it may be another stage in our life. We definitely will have magic keys again. But for the time being, we'll probably just be our you know, once or twice a year visit, but, and it's different too, because it used to be with annual pass. If you went to the park more than six days a year, then it was worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It paid for itself. And now with blackout days and other things, you kind of have to consider more when you're purchasing a magic key mm -hmm. and what tier you want to purchase. And then because the purchase price is higher for less blackout days, you have to consider you know, how many times am I actually going to come and be realistic mm -hmm. with yourself? You know, so I don't think we'll get a magic key this or next year, but maybe since, you know, it sounds to me like you've had quite the evolution with the parks. You first 
experience being your honeymoon and now your experiences are with your child. So kind of you want to kind of talk us through how what changes you've gone through and like pros, cons, you know, that sort of thing. A lot. I mean, obviously, a lot changes once you have a kid. Yeah. Um, And if you're like a Disney fan and you want your kid to grow up coming to the parks with you, I think the biggest thing that I've learned and I've talked to some of my Disney mom friends about this because I have a couple um, and they kind of all said the same thing. Like once you have a baby, especially a baby or a toddler in the parks, you have to really adapt and be willing to be flexible. Whereas maybe if you attack the park a certain way before you had kids, you really have to just be the kind of family that can roll with the punches. And if a kid is screaming or overstimulated or you have like a diaper blowout or, you know, whatever, like you have to be willing to compromise on some things that maybe you wanted to do or some things that are important to you and just kind of take things as they come, as opposed to having a Disney day that's planned out. And, you know, I, I, so I think that my biggest tip to anyone that's taking a kid of any age to the parks is to just be flexible because kids are little autonomous human beings. And no matter how they are, they have their own schedule and they react to things differently. And you could be having a really great day. And then all of a sudden there's a meltdown or something. So you just have to kind of go with it and be okay and realize that you're at Disney and being at Disney, having a meltdown is way better than being at home, having a meltdown. So (laughs) For for people who maybe aren't parents yet or ha- or are parents of very small children, what do you think is a good age to first bring a child to the park? Because like for someone like me who is not a parent, um, I look at it like, you know, for me personally, I feel like, well, if the kid's not going to remember it, what's even the point? Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're under two, they're free. So it's kind of like doesn't cost anything. And also, I don't know if I'd want to cut myself off from going to Disney for two to however many years. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think it depends on the type of family that you are. For us, we, we love to travel. We travel to parks often. We travel to see other family in other parts of the country often. So when we had a baby, we kind of realized early on that if we wanted him to be a good little traveler and a good little adaptable guy that we just needed to expose him you know (laughs) so we made a big effort to like take him on long car rides take him on planes have him go to sleep in hotel rooms you know like we we kind of have built that into our family's culture so for us we can take a kid that's any age to the parks and it's it's really fun it's just fun in different ways so for Ronan because His first trip to the parks was when he was six months old. We are comfortable taking a kid that's any age to the parks because we've sort of built it into our family's culture. Um, I think if you're the the type of family that has a hard time even taking your kid to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe planning a Disney trip that's like days long and you have to travel there, that's not going to be the greatest idea for your family. So I feel like for us, it was just a matter of deciding that this is how we want to be as a family and then kind of adapting and making those changes as our child has grown up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So in planning your first Disney trip with Ronan, how did you guys kind of um, prepare for that? You know, what were some things that you made sure you packed? What are some like resources that you used? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. So I will preface this by saying there are a lot of companies that market to first time parents. 
There are so many things that you can buy to make your life easier. And we've tried a lot of those things and some of them are total wastes of money and some of them have been really helpful. So for us, um, we knew that we were going to be going to Walt Disney World. It was going to be in November. And so, and he was a little baby at the time. So we were considering things like, okay, weather, it's going to be humid there. It's going to be hot, but it also might be chilly when the sun goes down. And so you sort of have to consider weather. Um, That's a big one. Another big thing that we did to kind of prep him was we set up the pack and play, the portable crib in his room and we had him sleep in it a few nights. So he was still like in our home and in his room, but he was just getting used to being in the pack and play so that when we set it up in our hotel room, once we got to Florida, he was used to sleeping in that environment already. So a big thing for us was mimicking his sleep environment that he has at home. So we use a sound machine. We make sure it's really dark. They do sell these things for babies called um, slumber pods or There are like little off-brand ones too that you can find on Amazon, but it's basically like a black tent that goes over a portable crib and makes it so that it's like pitch dark in there. And then you can attach a fan so it doesn't get too hot and stuff. So something like that is really helpful, but we didn't have one of those at the time. So we just put him in the bathroom because there are no windows in the bathroom. So it was darkest in there. Um, So we used a sound machine. I definitely recommend a sound machine, no matter how old your kid is or how long you're going to be traveling for. Um, Just the white noise makes it so much easier for them to sleep through whatever's going on. So did he did he have a sound machine that he used at home or is this just something for trips? Okay, he did. Yeah, he was used to that. Yeah. So we we've been using a sound machine since he was like days old. And so when we brought it on our trip, it just made it that much easier for him to fall asleep in the hotel room. But we also have a little one that we can attach to our stroller that's battery operated. Oh, that's cool. So when he was really little and we were in the parks, like he was still taking two to three naps a day. Mm -hmm. So we would, our stroller has like a sun cover. So we would attach the sun cover. So it would make it a little bit darker in there. We We would recline the stroller all the way back. So he was laying down. And then we would turn on his sound machine and Bryson would just like walk through Adventureland where it's really bumpy, you know, and stuff like that. And he would just fall asleep in the stroller. And that was just kind of part of our Disney day as well. So definitely, I would say prep your child for sleeping in all conditions, whether that's in a hotel room, in their stroller, sleeping on a plane, sleeping on a bus or whatever it is like. Because kids usually have to take at least one nap a day, I would definitely recommend like figuring out your kid's sleep schedule before you get to Disney. And like, how are you going to adapt that to your Disney day? I think the tip about pre- like getting your kid used to something beforehand. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's so much easier to adjust and deal with any type of like, perhaps you have a kid that ends up being like afraid of the dark and so maybe like the blackout thing would be like absolutely terrifying for them for whatever mm-hmm, reason mm-hmm. it's easier to deal with that at home than dealing with it when you're in the park or you're at the hotel room and yeah. you're tired and they're tired and that's never a good recipe for anything <laughs> so that's really that's a great great tip so with getting them used to things what did you guys do because right sleeping we do that every day Eating. That's mm-hmm. the other thing that I'm thinking oh. about. How did you kind of, did you do any sort of prep or were there any things that you made sure that you brought with you um, to help with food and such? Yeah. Yeah. And so for us, 
Ronan was still really little. So he was still nursing a little bit, but also starting to eat solid foods. So it was kind of like this transitionary transitionary time for us. Um, so the first thing that I did was decide whether or not I was going to be comfortable nursing in public. Oh, sure. Um, which I am. So it was like not a big deal for me to just sit on a wall and feed my kid. But for other moms who are maybe a little bit more conservative and want to be more private, Disney does have baby care centers in all of the parks. So there's one in DCA, there's one in Disneyland, um, and they have like air conditioned rooms where you can sit and breastfeed your kid if you want to, or if you need to feed them a bottle or you need to heat up a bottle, they have bottle warmers there. They have a microwave in there. They have vending machines with baby food. They have high chairs in there. If you need to sit your kid down and take a break and like have them eat in a high chair, um, whatever your schedule is, there's a way to accommodate it at Disney. So that's really awesome for us because Ronan was just sort of starting to eat solid food. We brought like little snacks and stuff and we'd kind of feed him pieces. Like we'd get a pretzel and we'd feed him a little piece of a pretzel mm-hmm. or whatever. But for the most part, it wasn't an issue because he was so little. As he's gotten older and he's gotten to be a little bit more picky, we've sort of had to just adapt. Like I always make sure that I bring at least one safe food one food that we know he's going to eat no matter what. Uh, So we would just make sure that he always had a safe food and we always had plenty of snacks and water. Um, And then if we were eating dinner at Carnation Cafe or, you know, wherever we're going to be, we would expose him to different foods, but it's also fine if he just wants to eat his safe food. So we've kind of adapted that way. Um, But I do really love, especially if you have really young, young babies that need bottles or breastfed or whatever there are plenty of places that you can do that in the parks and still be comfortable that's great so i have a question um that i feel like people don't think about but what is the baby changing situation like at disneyland like is it is there good locations for that are they uh because i feel like sometimes now again i've never paid attention to this at disneyland but i've been in like other public places with babies changing things that sometimes they're like I don't want to. I wouldn't put my baby on that, like the graffitied and all that stuff. I know Disney's better, but <laughs> what is the experience like at Disney? Um, it's pretty much the same as any public place, except Disney does a better job of keeping their bathrooms clean, and so every bathroom at Disney has a baby changing station, which is really awesome, and most of the men's bathrooms as well, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that as a culture, we're leaning more towards like dads take care of babies too. It's real it's a normal thing (laughs) um so yeah like every there are changing stations at the baby care center if you want to be like in an air-conditioned room you know um but also every bathroom does have a changing station and they are pretty clean i know some parents that are very very conscientious of that and they bring like a changing mat with them and they'll just put it down wherever they're going to change their baby and for me honestly it's more work for me to find a bathroom that has a changing station so i'm the kind of mom that just changes my kid wherever we are like I'll lay my changing mat down on this like little wall in Star Wars land and whatever like I'm just quick like I'll just change him really quickly and I don't know maybe that bothers some people but you know it's part of the circle of life (laughs) yeah it's whatever you're comfortable with if you're comfortable with changing your kid in public there's places that you can do that you can also go into a restroom you can also find a baby changing station yeah it's I like that there are options and i've never had anyone say to me like um don't change your kid out here you know or something Mm -hmm. like that you know so with 
changing babies. What happens if maybe you run out of diapers or maybe um, they have a real bad accident and they need a change of clothes and you they've already done their change of clothes that you brought with and you like what happens in those kind of like uh-oh type situations? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would definitely recommend and I'm sure any parent that has a child probably knows this. Like you always need to bring way more diapers than you ever think you'll need. <laughs> my my rule of thumb is I bring one diaper for every hour that we're going to be out of the house. Oh. And even though Ronan never goes through that many, I always have enough. But if you are at Disney and you do run out of diapers, like I said, at the baby changing station at the baby care center is what it's called. At the baby care center, they do have like a vending machine that has oh. diapers, wipes, sunscreen, baby food, any of the things that you may need. Um, when most people don't know that. So they do have them for purchase at the park. Um, and then as far as like changes of clothes, I always bring at least a couple because it is hard at Disney if you have a little, a little person. Mm-hmm. Um, most like kids clothes at the shops at Disney start at like, mm, I would say like size small, which is four to six. So if you have a toddler or a baby, You really have to hunt to find sizes that will fit them. There are some near Winnie the Pooh in Critter Country. There are obviously the World of Disney. They have like a small section of baby stuff, but it is a lot harder. So I would definitely say bring your own because if you do need to buy, it's a little bit harder to find clothes that will fit your kid if they are younger than like five. So the the vending machine now, just, just so people are aware... Are these like Disney priced vending machines where like a diaper is going to cost you like three bucks or something? Um, I've never bought diapers out of there before, so I don't I don't recall the price. So that's something that we should find out. We should ask. (laughs) But it's but it's more pricey than if you bought it. Yeah, than if you just bought a pack of diapers at Target. It's going to be more expensive for sure because you're paying like individually or for like a little pack of two than you would be buying like a pack of 30 at Sam's Club for every shop. Price. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't like gouge you. It's not like five dollars for one diaper, but sure. Yeah. It I, I do remember it being a little bit more pricey and I was glad that I had my own stuff. While we're packing your bag of your we'll we'll call it like your Mary Poppins bag, <laughs> right? So the endless bag of all the stuff, what are some things that you would recommend that parents um, be sure to have or even some things that you're like, yeah, we really thought that these things would be helpful, but we didn't use it at all. So don't don't carry that around. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely lots of things like that. So and I actually made a list because I knew that this was going to be a big question. <laughs> so um, definitely a portable sound machine. If you're going to have a little baby that needs to nap throughout the day, bring a portable sound machine, get them used to using it because that's like the best way to get your kid to nap in a stroller, in my opinion. Um, a stroller fan. So we have one that it almost looks like a little tripod and then it can like bend and connect to anything that we attach it to. I've seen those. Those are cool. And they're way better than like, you know how at Disney you can buy those little fans that like spray water and blow, you know, the stroller fans that you can buy for like 15 bucks on Amazon are way better than the ones that you can buy at the park. So even if you don't have a kid, get a stroller fan and just bring it with you to the park. <laughs> Attach it to your backpack, have it blowing air on you, you know? So yeah, that's definitely keeping a baby cool enough is a big deal because, you know, if they're overheated, that can cause a lot of problems. Um, yeah. So definitely a stroller fan. Um, 
They make these little straps that you can attach to your stroller. So one end attaches to the stroller, the other end attaches to like a sippy cup or if you have like your kid's water bottle or whatever. And they have like silicone grips that grip to the cup so that if you have a kid like mine that like tosses their sippy cup out of the stroller every two seconds, it's still attached (laughs) and you don't have to like (laughs) go back to wherever, you know, if you're walking down Main Street, you don't have to go back and try and find your lost sippy cup or water bottle or whatever it is. So they do make stroller straps. They're very, they're really great and they're pretty cheap. Um, So those are like my big three that I feel like are, they are marketed towards new parents. They are one of those things that's like, "Uh, do I really need this? And for us, they made a huge difference. We did one trip without and then one trip with, and I was like, this is so much better. Why didn't we have these before? So yeah, that was great. And then I always bring my Mary Poppins bag always has sunscreen, changes of clothes. So whether that's like a hat or a jacket, if it's going to get colder at night or so you kind of have to consider what's your day going to look like? Are you going to need warmer clothes or like sun cover if you need a hat or whatever, shorts, Um, multiple changes of clothes, lots of snacks. We always have snacks. We always have water. Um, and we bring our own water bottles into the parks just because it's so so much easier to refill mm-hmm. them and to keep them cold if you have like an insulated. We use the Yeti ones, but they make all different kinds of hydro flasks and whatever. So we always make sure we have one of those that's going to keep our water cold. I always bring large Ziploc bags mm. or like a, a a wet bag is sometimes what they're called. Um, they're like neoprene on the inside so they don't mm-hmm. get the rest of your stuff wet. Just in case you have an accident <laughs> of some kind or Ziploc bags have multiple uses. So yeah. I always make sure that I bring a few like big ones just for whatever you may need them for. You could put dirty clothes in there. Mm-hmm. You could put something that exploded in there. You could put anything in there. It's yeah. Such or a if you idea. have like a souvenir mug or a cup or something yeah. that gets yeah. dirty with food, you can just stick that in your bag, wash it when you get back to your hotel. You don't have to worry about your other stuff getting sticky or whatever. So, yeah, big Ziploc bags. Those are great. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, because we have little people that like different types of snacks, I always make sure that we bring, like, an insulated lunch bag or some sort of insulated, like, cooler thing. Not necessarily, like, a big cooler, but something small that I can put an ice pack in for, like, anything that I want to keep cold. My son really likes those little tiny cheeses, you know. Stuff like that, that we can just keep cool and not have to worry about it baking in the Disney sun. (laughs) So, yeah, hand sanitizer, wet wipes, portable charger, stuff that, like, normal people try and bring with them when they're traveling or in the parks all day. Ponchos, just in case. You can buy them at Disney. Sometimes they're hard to come by, depending on where you are. So, buy the one at Walgreens for, like, a dollar and then don't have to worry about it. (laughs) <laughs> Bryson actually tells a story of his when they were at, they were kids at the park it started raining and they didn't have money to just like go buy a poncho from one of the shops so his mom like begged a cast member for trash bags and she like poked a hole in the top and in the sides and she put all four of her kids in these like <laughs> trash bags and they were walking around the parks like trying to stay dry so I've seen people in the parks with trash oh, bags yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they I think they do still give them out if you ask for them. Or you know, but. I mean, I, I feel judgmental when I say this, but 
Or, you know, it's just water. You can get wet. Yeah. Like, I don't know, James's though. mom wants to ride things. Like, she won't ride any water rides without a poncho. And I'm like, what's the... Just don't go. Like, the point <laughs> is you're going to get wet. Like, that's part of the fun. It's going to be ridiculous. You're going to be uncomfortable. But, like, that's why you do it. It's fun. She's definitely I never I agree with that somewhat. But also, <laughs> one of my one of my biggest things is I hate having feet, wet feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, when I go on a water ride now, I'm prepared. And I'll bring, like, some flip-flops. And I'll slip them on before we go on Splash Mountain. And then if my feet get wet, it's fine. Um, but I really don't like having wet feet. So that's what kept me from going on water rides for a long time until I realized that I could just bring some So when you use your large Ziploc bag yeah, there you and you go. put you your can foot put in your it, put your feet in it, it with like a rubber band. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, get one of those ones that like have the zipper ones. <laughs> so you can yeah. And then you just zipper it up and then like and you're going to get just a little bit of water if you're going to get water in there. I love that so much. <laughs> well, my problem is every time I'm on a water ride, I don't know, no matter how... For a while, I thought I had the perfect way on Splash that I could like tuck my feet up and it would like not get wet. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like no matter what, Disney no, has has figured it out get where there. it just goes right in the shoe. Yeah. Yep. Every time, regardless of where you're sitting, too, it doesn't well, matter. And and the last time, my shoes were fine, and then we went up. So I was like towards the back. Maybe it wasn't the last really? time, but one of the last couple times, I was towards the back at some point, and we started going up one of the hills, and all of the water in the boat came back. <laughs> Oh, no. And I was like, and I had my feet down and it went right over my shoes. I was like, Great. really? It wasn't even like a drop that did it. It was just. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> that does not sound fun. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. with you, though. Wet shoes. Not not great. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all I had in my Disney bag. Usually I I am very much a planner. So I like to mitigate as many unforeseen circumstances as I can and then when there are things like a screaming kid or whatever I've prepared for the things I can control and I just go with what I can't (laughs) kind of thing I mean that's what you gotta do I mean worrying about it and trying to make things happen isn't gonna do anything you just gotta kind of we're at Disney it'll be okay Mm -hmm. so if you have a little baby that likes to be carried some kids are like don't touch me I just want to be in my stroller running around but for me I have a really cuddly little guy and since he was really small, we've been baby wearing. So there are all different types of baby carriers that you can get. There's like little wrappy ones that make you look like a Jedi or (laughs) there's like kind of more structured like buckle kinds or we have like a ring sling that we use. So whatever you use to carry your kid around, bring it with you to the parks, even if you know you're going to have your kid in the stroller. Because oftentimes what happens is you have to park your stroller in stroller parking And then you have to walk through this queue and all this stuff. And maybe your kid doesn't want to walk or is going to try and like climb under the rails and whatever. And it's (laughs) keep them contained, keep them close to you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we found that like wearing our baby or carrying him in a carrier kind of helps break up the time that he's in the stroller and um, makes it easier for us because we can still be hands free if we're like walking through a queue. So. Yeah, that, those are definitely really helpful. And I actually, because I'm like really hardcore, I was, I think we were in line for like Philhar Magic or something. And Ronan was like hungry and I didn't have any of his stuff with me, but thankfully he was still small enough that I was still nursing him. So I kind of like used my ring sling to like hold him while I was standing in line and I was breastfeeding him at the same time. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. Multitasking. Um, 
moms, yeah. man, they figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, we're nowhere near the snacks. So I guess we're just going to have to nurse you and we're just going to be right here in front of everyone. So <laughs> we just figured out a way to make it work. But yeah, um, definitely using any type of baby carrier is something I would recommend if you have a small person Do that likes to be carried. Any sort of recommendations or any tips? Because I would think that the, I, I've never used a baby carrier, but just a couple of times I've held kids, they're kind of like little furnaces. <laughs> so that might not be the most com- like heat wise, right? So mm-hmm. do you have any, are there any tips or anything to make it more comfortable for you, the parent, to kind of keep yourself cool and calm and happy yeah, during that too? Yeah, if you're if you're using a baby carrier for a kid, I would try and... Um, this sounds a little counterintuitive, but I promise it makes sense. Try not to be skin on skin with your kid. So if like, if you're wearing a tank top or your kid is wearing like short sleeve shirt or whatever, try and wear something with a higher neckline so that if your baby's head is resting right here, that their sweaty face isn't resting on your chest. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, um, so definitely kind of like planning what you're going to wear. If you're wearing some sort of shirt that's low cut or doesn't have sleeves or whatever you're Try and be um, put some sort of barrier in between your skin and your kid's skin because it'll keep both of you a little bit more cool. And also, I would say with baby carriers, choose fabrics that are going to be cooler in general. So for us, we use a ring sling that's made of linen, which is way cooler than some other fabrics. Um, We've used baby wraps before. One of them is called uh, the boba wrap which is way more, it's like a thicker material than the ones that I like are called Solly Wraps, S-O-L-L-Y. And they're just a thinner, kind of more stretchy, like modal, lensing modal material. So definitely choose fabrics wisely when you're choosing a baby carrier. Um, And then keep a hat on your kid. But actually, when you're wearing a baby, especially an infant, being worn by their parent can actually help them to regulate their body temperature. So it's babies that are really small, can't regulate their own body temperature. So it's really good to wear them, keep them close to you, but also kind of try and keep yourself cool by choosing good fabrics, drinking lots of water, staying hydrated, keep a hat on yourself, keep a hat on your kid, find shade when you can, you know, those kinds of things are helpful too. Awesome. So a controversial question with it's a, it's a typical parent versus non-parent thing in the park. So strollers, <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you, what are your tips for, for strollers in the park? Are you, are you somebody who has the, like those giant people refer to them as like the big Cadillac ones that are ginormous, or are you more like an umbrella stroller or somewhere in between? We're definitely somewhere in between. So Disney does have guidelines on what size strollers are allowed in the parks. So big wagons and things like that are not allowed um, unless they meet the length and height um, requirements. And you can find those on their website. Um, I personally feel like those are more cumbersome than they are helpful. Um, So, but we do have like, for us, a big draw for bringing a stroller into the parks is not just that you can push your kid around in it, but that it also can hold your gear and stuff that you don't want to carry with you. So for us, an umbrella stroller doesn't really make sense because an umbrella stroller is usually just a place for your kid to sit and that's it. So we bring um, our stroller is the brand is called Mockingbird. Um, It's 
it's a really great like mid-size stroller and there are lots of brands that are that same kind of um, size and so my tips for strollers in the parks are um, always bring one even if you think your kid is too big it can at least at the very least hold your stuff and it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it in our last trip we went with our whole family so like I think between us all, we have 12 grandkids. So all the cousins and everybody. Wow. Yeah. And my sister-in-law has four-year-old twins. And it was kind of at the point where she was like, they're a little bit too old to be in the stroller the whole time. So I wonder if we can get away with not bringing it. Well, halfway through our day at Animal Kingdom, her kids were like losing their mind. They were so tired and she didn't have a stroller to push them in. So they were like riding on dad's shoulders and, you know, trying to figure that out. So I ended up carrying Ronan and having one of the twins in my stroller. And then, you know, we kind of worked it out that way. But so my advice is to just bring it. If your kid is big enough to be in the stroller still, don't fool yourself into thinking that they're big enough to walk the whole time. (laughs) Well, and one thing too, that people kind of forget is, I mean, the only time that you really are having to like push it is to and from the parks because you can Mm. find some sort of central location. You don't have to be pushing it everywhere you go in the park. There's lots of different areas to park it in. And I know um, the times that I've gone with family that had kids, they'd kind of like just use it to get between the lands and Mm. then just like leave it Mm -hmm. and then just kind of do that area. And then, okay, you know, so it's kind of more the like trekking from this part of the park to the other part of the park that they'd use it. Because otherwise I could, and I was watching people trying to like, in Fantasyland, especially, basically mm-hmm. go from ride to ride with the stroller. I'm like, that seems w- like that's giving me like I'm Anxiety. feeling bad yeah. for you, and I'm like anxious for you because that just that that's a lot going that you've got going on that you're trying to do. But I think people get nervous about the secu- like security of their stroller and leaving it because there were mm-hmm. there were problems that people were stealing strollers. I haven't heard of any of that kind of stuff happening. But do you the other thing too is um all strollers kind of look the same to me when I look at the sea of strollers. So do you have any <laughs> tips with um like when you're not with your stroller, how to kind of keep things secure and also make sure that yep, that's my stroller, you know, like yeah. Make it stand I out do. the crowd. So something that people may not know is that cast members will sometimes come and move your stroller to oh, make yeah. more room to shuffle things down, um, to make walkways wider. So don't be surprised if you park your stroller somewhere and it's maybe like 20 or 30 feet away when you come back. It's not because somebody tried to steal it. It's just because the cast member moved it. Um, so something that we like to do is put put something that is identifying to you on your stroller. So whether you buy a balloon or you, you know, make like, I've seen people make like cutesy little banners that say like Prince family on them or whatever, like, something like that that kind of sets your stroller apart because you're right like they they all look the same they're all black <laughs> you know <laughs> so it is hard to tell the difference sometimes um especially if you have like a more popular brand because a lot of families will have that same brand so and so yeah leaving as far as keeping things secure um my my stroller has like a little secret inside pocket that I can put things in that I maybe don't want other people to see Um, but it is, you do have to realize that you are leaving your belongings in a public place. So don't bring your really expensive $30,000 camera and leave it in your stroller and go on rides for two hours. You know, like you, you do have to be a little bit smart with what you're willing to leave behind and what you're okay with carrying with you on rides. So 
like I'm a big photography person, but I've almost stopped bringing my camera even into the parks because there's photo pass. So I know that there's going to be someone that can take good pictures for me. And I don't want to stress about having my camera stolen. And I also don't want to take it on rides. So the default is that I just don't bring it anymore. And that's kind of just how it needs to be. But um, Disney is really nice if you, I don't want people to like abuse this, but if you do have something stolen or lost, they're usually really good about replacing it for you, especially if you still have the receipt or if it was that same day. Um, and you can give them some details about like what you bought, where it was stolen. Disney is really great about that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I would say don't leave anything in your stroller that you're not okay with not having at the end of the day. Um, so if it means that much to you, maybe do your shopping at the end of the day or, you know, there, there are ways to kind of work around it, but the fact of the matter is you're leaving your stuff out. So yeah, if it's stuff that you buy in the park, Disney offers, and I think they've maybe have brought this back with COVID now, but you could buy stuff and they, you can pick it up at the end of the night at at the newsstand. Mm -hmm. So you just keep your receipt, like you'll fill out some stuff or whatever. They'll take a copy of the receipt. You keep your copy. And then at the end of the night, you just pick it up. We are going to have to test this when we're there because the newsstand is being converted. Mm. Remember, I'm, but I'm sure there's like somewhere. Photo pass is going to be. So we're going to have to we're going to have to do some research when we're there in a couple of weeks and figure out if they still do that and where where they hold your stuff. Yeah, some I've used places like when we went to Galaxy's Edge um, two years ago. Now we they held our stuff in Galaxy's Edge, so we had to come back and get it. They weren't doing like we'll walk it to the gate for you kind of thing anymore, but. There are also some, like if you're staying on property, there are, I don't know if they're still doing this because of COVID or not, but um, it used to be that if you were staying on property, you would just buy stuff and they would deliver it to your room. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to carry it around the park at all. So um, that would definitely be something to research further. If you're the kind of family that's buying a lot of stuff in the parks, figure out if you're going to need to pick it up at the end of the night, get it delivered to your room. If you do feel comfortable leaving it in your stroller, um, Personally, we try not to leave stuff in our stroller that we can't live without. You know, I feel like I feel like if I had a stroller, I would do like people do with their luggage, right? Because you want to like find it, so you put like fluorescent green like duct tape or something yeah. on the handle, mm-hmm. because like that's how people know what. Because everybody's, it's the same thing with luggage as it is with strollers. Mm-hmm. It's like they come out on the carousel, and it's like, they're well, there's the a black same. bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. That, Yeah, unless you're one of those people that get little crazy designs or whatever. (laughs) Any other tips for strollers or navigating the park with your stroller? Yeah, so you can um, rent rent strollers in the parks. They have single strollers and double strollers if you have multiple kids. You can get them at Disneyland specifically at the Pixar Palace parking structure and on the right side of the main entrance in between the ticket booth and where you scan into the parks. So there are two places that you can rent specifically at Disneyland. I feel like that pricing isn't too bad. So if you're the kind of family that doesn't want to bring your stroller on an airplane or, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you can rent them. I would also recommend um, a sun cover. So my stroller came with one, but you can buy like aftermarket ones. It just clips like there's the normal sunshade that goes over your baby's head. Then they make a sun cover that either magnets or clips to the top and goes down in front of their face. Um, And those are really helpful in California, especially in the sun. And also, uh, if you are leaving a lot of things in your stroller, 
especially in Disney World, I would recommend a rain cover as well. Oh, sure. Uh, just because you may come back and your stroller is soaked and you just didn't foresee that happening. The Florida rainstorm that happens Florida every rainstorms. day. Florida rainstorms. Yeah. And, and they happen in California too, less often for sure. But a, a rain cover is a great idea if you're the kind of people that are concerned about that. If you're not, then you're fine. It's, it's one of those things that I personally could take or leave. But for some people, that may be a necessity if you're really sure. concerned about your stuff getting wet. Definitely. As typically happens with these types of interviews, we did go a little bit over in talking with Emmy this week. So next week, we will have um, the last little bit of interview from her. It's only about uh, 20 to 30 minutes long because we're going to have another part of a discussion topic next week as well. So uh, tune in next week for the conclusion of Emmy's tips and trips for infants and toddlers in the parks. So we wanted to share some for- some more feedback that we got um, in regards to the recent episode that we did with Ellie about food allergies in the park. This comes from Whitney. Hi, Tag and Teresa. I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciated the recent episode on food allergies in the parks. As a mother of a child with severe Trina and peanut allergies, it's a subject near and dear to my heart. While food labeling and safety measures in places like schools are improving greatly from when I was a kid, I always appreciate raising awareness in the general population. I, like all of your listeners, love the Disney parks and love them even more for the care they take in providing safe and magical experiences for all of their guests, allergic guests and all. Towards the end of the episode, you asked Ellie about general resources for people to use in regards to food allergies. I think this is so important because whether you or a loved one suffer from food allergies or not, if your child goes to a school, you will probably have to send allergy-safe snacks and treats at some points. I have relied on SnackSafely.com. They have a snack-safe guide that breaks down popular brands and products you find in any grocery store and marks whether they are safe for all of the eight different food allergies. They also include information on allergen labeling and whether products were made in a facility with major allergens or not, if cross-contamination is a concern. You can download the snack guide and they update the information periodically as manufacturing processes change over time. And it takes them time to contact the manufacturers and research their cleaning labeling practices. Thanks again for your thoughtful discussion topics that help us realize all the amazing resources we can take advantage of in the Disney parks. Um, And I just want to note, again, that website is snacksafely.com. And we'll have that linked in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Great feedback. I'm so glad that people wrote in about this. We did get a lot of good feedback about uh, this particular episode. And so hopefully, uh, you know, we can continue to offer things like that. And this was one of those uh, people that uh, they contacted us and said, hey, I've got this thing that I think we should talk about. So if you have something that we haven't talked about on the show or you think you could bring a unique perspective to it and you consider yourself at least somewhat an expert on it, shoot us a message and um, we'll see what we can do. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not going to guarantee anything, but it's always good to hear because maybe there's things we hadn't like thought of before, like allergies. Exactly, exactly. Uh, So we also had uh, Alex, our social media manager, was extremely busy when we had our 200th episode. So he wanted us to include his message for our 200th episode, so we're going to do that right now. Hello, Tag Teresa, Producer James, and Producer Vern. Sorry this is a little late, but congrats on your 200th episode. It's been a pleasure to listen to all your episodes. When I first started listening three and a half years ago, I would have never thought that I'd had the chance to meet up with you guys and become the social media manager. It's an honor to be able to assist you with social media posts and connect with so many weekly tiers. One of my favorite Disneyland trips was when I attended the Oogie Boogie Bash with Teresa, and when we started... 
or, and when we shared a doom buggy together on the Haunted Mansion. I'll never forget Teresa's face when we got stuck in the ballroom scene and Teresa was admiring the gingerbread house for the mansion's 50th anniversary. I can't wait to have more visits together, and thank you again for everything you guys do. Here's to many more years and episodes of DL Weekly. Love you guys. You don't understand. I was like hanging out of the doom buggy because i was trying to like get as close as i can to try and see the details on this so i'm were you touching the glass i wasn't touching the glass no i was just leaning as far forward as i possibly could with my safety restraint still in place but it was so alex and i rode together because right he and i are both big big haunted mansion fans we're very excited about this so the fact that our doom buggies got stopped I'm not kidding you. We were centered in front of the gingerbread house. It was so magical. Apparently, all of my like crazy magical experiences center around the haunted mansion, which maybe that's part of why it's my favorite attraction. I'm not sure. But um, yes. Anyways, it was very, very cool. I had a blast on that trip too, Alex. The Oogie Boogie Bash was so much fun. Very excited for you to experience it in just a couple of weeks, Tag. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for that as well. I'm also very just excited that I got to meet Alex as well. It was a little bit later. It wasn't in Disneyland. Um, He lives close to us in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. so it was nice to be able... We actually got an email from someone else who lives uh, in a smaller town not that far from us, actually kind of... um, Did you like... uh, Maybe producer Vern can comment. I I said, maybe we should go to Circus World sometime together. There you go. Because she lives in Moston. Oh, yep. There you go. Pick them up on the way. We can pick them up on the way. (laughs) Well, it's funny because um, she said that she... Because I said, oh, I love Moston. If my memory is correct, you have one of my favorite quick trips because the sign is a semi, a real semi, for those of you who don't know, a real semi that they've put on their side and they put gas prices and stuff on it. So cool. And I always love when I drive down towards Madison because we pass that. And she's like, oh, yeah, living here, we don't like think about it that often. But yes, that is something uh that's obvious. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for sending in your congratulations message for us. And I, we understand you're super busy. You're very busy with work. Mm-hmm. You, um, I think you even officiated a wedding um, during that time, too. So you had a lot of stuff on your plate. So thank you so much for taking the time to write this very lovely message. We are very honored to have you as our awesome social media manager. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everything you do for DL Weekly as well. Yes, yes, thank you, because uh, otherwise we wouldn't have any social media because of Teresa's rabbit holing. <laughs> <laughs> we would, it just wouldn't be very uh, timely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, Treats Friday. Uh, Teresa, it's Tuesday. And it's all over, and it's just all over the place. Looks like we're coming in for a landing, gang. But please stay listening until trivia comes to a stop, and then you can walk to the nearest exit. Thanks for listening to the 8th Wonder of the World, Dio Weekly. All right, welcome back to Trivia Land. Let's find out officially how you did. How um, we didn't do. So admittedly, this was a tough one. In that queue, there are so many little notes all over those marker boards and tons and tons of little things. And and I, it was kind of mean of me to do this to you. But but let's let's find out the correct answers and see how you did. So, your first question. In the queue for Web Slinger on those marker boards, somebody left a note saying that they borrowed Spencer's torque wrench. Who was that? It was Harley. Yep, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, was not ours. Tony or Peter. Nope, definitely not the right answer. 
and also one of those marker boards. Somebody left a note to Peter saying that he owes them money. How much money did Peter borrow? Your guesses were nine something and 13. The correct answer, and this is how it was written on the marker board, $11.14, all caps exactly. <laughs> so you're closest. $11.14, exactly. Yeah, so you got the point. Did I get the point? Uh, I said within $2, so yeah. Yeah, half point. I was 14 cents away from getting a point. You were so close. I'm debating on the nine something. Do I round you up to 914? No, just give Teresa the point. That's fine. Okay. Or do I give you you a half point? You can use the point. No, that's okay. We We can keep it fair. Okay. I'm giving you a half point. Oh, half point. I'll take a yeah. half point. Half, you're getting the half point for the, the something is you're rounding up to 14 cents. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, half point. <laughs> All right. Who left a note stating that he wants his camera back? That was labeled Mike. Mm. <laughs> he just said, I want my camera back. Dash Mike. Okay. And there was an exclamation point on it. I, I wonder my who stole Mike's, exclamation point. Mike's camera. Mike. Yeah, I don't know who stole Mike's I, camera. I, I don't know. I don't think Mike knew. <laughs> I, I think Mike was just generally exclaiming, whoever's got my camera, give it back. <laughs> yeah. Poor Mike. Yep, poor Mike. <laughs> JP left a note saying, ask blank about Gecko Tech. I don't really know what Gecko Tech was, but apparently Dave knows all about it. Mm. It was not Scott. Dave. Yep. Dave. He knows all about Gecko Tech. And for what cue are you in? Oh. Your first hint, you can hear Glenn Miller music. Second hint, stacks of packing crates all around you. Third hint, offices with old telephones slash telegraphs. Your fourth hint, there are paintings by Rosa Dominguez. Rosa Dominguez is the brand new character in The Jungle Cruise. As he was just redoing that too, pack- you're surrounded by packing crates. The crates in... The Jungle Cruise queue are all open and you can like see the stuff mm. in them. So, you know, like packing. So that makes more sense than it just being mm. crates. Dang it. Fooled us. Mm. Well, listeners, how did you do listening at home? What do you think of how they did tonight? Do you think that you've got some questions that can really stump them just like they or just like I did tonight? If you've got some really great questions that you'd like to send in, feel free to do so at, at trivia at dlweekly.net. We will be back next week with more Disneyland news and information. So until then, go out and enjoy the parks. Please remain seated until the podcast comes to a complete stop and the doors have opened. Then collect your belongings, watch your head, and step carefully from the episode. On behalf of all of our crew, thanks for traveling with us. And we hope you have a happy and memorable visit here at DL Weekly.